<laughs> Hello, welcome back to the JAB show. The V is back, guys. <laughs> yeah, how was your um my black couch audition? Yeah, it was great. Lasted a solid one hour and then I went home and I was not invited back. Oh damn. Yeah. Wait, would you ever actually um do that type of stuff? Oh, I don't think so. Uh-huh. When I see like when I see things like that, I'm like, I have family and parents and people that I know. Like, like shame that. of the family type of thing, right? Yeah, like if I had no family at all and no relatives and I was just like a lone wolf with friends type of thing, then maybe, maybe, but most likely not because I feel like that's, shit yeah. doesn't leave the internet. <clears throat> mm, true. But like OnlyFans? Maybe. I feel like it's, I feel um, like it's a lot of work though. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, depends on how they think, like, if they think it through very well, it's almost like they work for the retirement in a short span of time. Yeah, so I see it like that. Like, I've heard so many girls and probably guys to be able to make a shit ton of money off of OnlyFans. But I also feel like it's, like, a lot of work. Like, if, you, if you're doing just nudes, then wouldn't you have to, in order to make more money, I would assume that you would have to do like customized things or special requests and things like that and that just takes so much effort and being able to having to talk to people that you don't actually care about that that's just fucking a lot that's being a customer service representative for like 24 hours a day or some shit i think isn't there a lot of girls who do like podcasts that are like only fans people what are there like, like i like, mean i think that's such a they did podcasts on only fans no, no 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 like they'll do only like they're only fans creator and if they did a podcast on the side i feel like that get really big but I oh, don't know, like, true. I do know there's a lot of, like, girls that, like, sex-related podcasts. Yeah. I feel like maybe the market's already flooded, but I feel like that'd be pretty cool. I could say the market's flooded for anything. Mm, but I, I could see that if you have an OnlyFans and people want to actually hear your voice or hear yeah. you talk about things, then you could go on and be like, oh, my God, so that, yeah, that, that one pod. <laughs> I can't even wait, think of what wait. to say. <laughs> do, you, do you think it'll make it worse? Like, is the mystery what people kind of want? Well, they, hmm. Me. I, I actually think it goes both ways because like the mystery is kind of what is nice but at the same time when you like let's say regardless of like porn or OnlyFans or anything mm-hmm. if you see a creator or someone who's creating art or something you just want to get to know them more right it's yeah. like streamers it's like people want to get to know streamers more because they live quote-unquote a normal life and they just stream right but they want to know those things yeah I was thinking that too like they could it, it could make your audience feel like they're more connected to you so right. they're more invested in your life and every single thing you do. You pump out some merch, they're going to buy it. You make some bath water, they're going to buy it. I wish I could do it. I wish I had the body for Would it. Would you? Um, I'm sure you could find a kink somewhere I, to appease. I think a guy is like, it's different than a girl for that type of stuff. Why? Cause... It's like if you're a porn star, if you're like, okay, take out Johnny Sins. If you're a male porn star, you're probably making like 10 times less than a female. Probably, yeah. Like at least so. ten times less, right? Yeah. So then it's like you you're almost better off working like a normal job than that at some point. Like at some point the return's not worth it, right? Like the amount of True. effort you put in True. isn't worth it. But mm, I wanna <clears throat> say yes, but also no. Like if you're a really attractive, conventionally attractive guy and you really sold yourself in terms of like a sexy way of some sort, then I'm sure you could make like pretty decent amount of money with very little effort. Because girls would just drool over you. Yeah, but then... 
Okay, like, no, me on social media. There's <laughs> even iPhone. There's like this guy who's has a lot of muscle, and his the content on his pages. He's just cooking, and he just cooks without a shirt on, and then. The little B-rolls or whatever that he films, mm. he makes them a little bit more sexualized. I see. But he's still making, like, really good dessert. Um, so if someone could do something like that, then I'm sure he could make so much money off of it. Yeah, I guess. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting, though. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> glad you uh, enjoyed your time trying oh. out and shit and whatever. Yeah. Uh, Great. How was your holidays, Viv? I went to Vancouver for a longest time. I think this is the longest trip I've ever gone on in the last few years. It was 10 days long. And I really missed my fucking routine by like halfway. Was it like your workouts are all messed up and shit because you didn't have a gym there or what? I still had a gym. I stayed at my cousin's place and there was a gym across the street. So that wasn't that bad at all. But it was more like having to live out of a backpack for so long and not having your own space for so long and just just the routine of things that make you feel productive every day and feel okay it's it just felt pretty off after a while <clears throat> it's kind of like, like i was um, having a lot of fun but yeah it's like homesick right yeah kind of like homesick like i like i was looking forward like i want to say looking forward to going to work but i wasn't hating it like if i had one extra day to decompress from my vacation then i would be so excited to go back to work well, and do all that stuff. It's like people, they need their vacation from their vacation type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because when I came back, I was just catching up with people that I wasn't able to see over the break that were like leaving Edmonton or whatever, like Lynn, Lynn one of them. Right. Well, it was a lot of fun. That's why, like when I went on a six-week trip way back when, I felt like two or three weeks is my limit. I feel like after that, it gets like less fun. Yeah. Like it's not worth it. Like I'll pay more money to go later, like a different time again. And it's not worth, like, just being there. Like, I, I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, you're already going so far, you might as well go for longer. Yeah. But sometimes I just don't see that um, that rationale. It just doesn't make sense to me sometimes. I definitely agree with that now. Like, 10 days just feels pretty fucking long to be away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how was Vancouver? Weather was good? Um. So I was pretty lucky. I'm sure you guys heard from the last episode that Lynn and Andrew's flights were delayed and had all these problems. But I was luckily in that little short window where everything was okay. So all the flights were to Vancouver were canceled two days prior and two days after my flight. Mm -hmm. And the morning of was a disaster. But the time that I had my flight at, it was pretty okay. So my flight was only delayed by two hours. Damn. But aside from that, everything else went really smoothly. Nice. And you got lucky. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I was actually hoping that it would get canceled. Why? Because I I booked that ticket on the 22nd and I didn't realize it was a Thursday and I had my fucking volleyball playoff game that night. So I was like, if this game or if this flight gets delayed today by like hours and hours or it gets canceled until tomorrow, then I'm going to go play, off, play my playoff game. Mm, did your team win? They lost. Oh, well, there you go. You weren't there for it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. And then they all went out to eat afterwards, which is always like the best part because you're like celebrating the season together and everything. Ah, that's nice. Always next season. Cool. So uh, how was the holidays in Vancouver then and everything? Um, It was really cold and snowy and wet and just like miserable. Not, not that. Not, mm. not. Like here, it was cold enough where if you went to go get gas outside you wouldn't be able to stand outside while you're pumping your gas because your skin and everything would just fucking hurt 
at least for me. <laughs> right. But in Vancouver, it was cold because it was humid. It's humid there. So, like, even though I was wearing my winter jacket, I still felt like I wasn't wearing as much as I was. Yeah, it's like the layers don't help. Yeah, the layers don't really and their help. their heating sucks there. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get warm for you. For me, I thought least. it was going to be, like, really nice because I was staying at my cousin's place, and he lives in a penthouse. So it was such a nice place. There was so much space. The views were amazing. But because of the cold, his building's furnace was crapping out. <laughs> so it was fucking cold for, like, half the time we were there. <clears throat> and we had to keep using heaters. So, like, I don't know. You tra- It was a nice trade-off, I guess. Well, it kind of sucks. worth it. Because, like, like, the only way... I feel like for me, so, like, I am a very cold person. Like, as in, like, I don't get warm. Oh. I mean, both. But, <laughs> like, I just don't get warm. Like, yeah. it takes me a long time to get warm. And it takes me a lot of food. Like, food's the biggest thing. <clears throat> yeah. If I eat a lot of food, I'll get really warm. But if I don't, I just don't get warm. So, like, for me, the only way to warm up, like, is to, sh- like, take a hot shower. So, like, some days when I'm at home and I'm working from home and I get really cold for some reason, I literally just have to take a hot shower, like, the middle of the day because it's so fucking cold. And then you're fine for hours? Uh, and then I'm fine for, like, the first hour and a bit. And then, um, well, it's because I'm fasting too, right? Yeah. And then I'll true. eat and then it'll get a bit better. And then like my furnace at home is timed. So usually I'm not home. Usually I'm at work, right? So like- You don't bother changing it. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no one bothers changing it. Yeah. So like from like 9 a.m. to like I think 2 p.m., it's set like two or three degrees lower than normal. And then after that, like when people start to come home, that's when it warms up. Yeah. Right. And like the only one home is Taro, so and he doesn't really care. Like he has fur and shit. You so think it's just he doesn't care? But every day he's like, <laughs> I fucking hate this time. <laughs> Maybe that'd be hilarious. Made me realize people that work from home probably don't save as much money on their energy bill as like people who don't work from home. I, well, I guess that's pretty obvious. But in terms of heating, uh, I think there's good and bad. I think uh, like I think I'm less productive when I'm home. Oh, me too, hundred yeah. percent. I can't, I don't know, I can't do it. I need, like, a different space. Yeah. Like, if I had my own, like, office at home purely for working, that's different, right? I agree. But I'm I think, the exact same. I think that's too much, uh, too much effort. So, I actually don't mind. Like, the thing is, like, when I do go to the office, I get a lot done. But if I go to the office too many days consecutively, there's nothing left for me to do. So, it's like, if I can plan it out properly, it'll be okay. But who knows? Like, I might get busier, so we'll see. That's exactly me. And when I start start having less things to do, then I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to work from home for the next week. Yeah. That's how it usually goes. Yeah. But yeah. It was a nice holiday. I got to do like everything that I used to do when I was a kid. So it brought back so much nostalgia. I visited so many new and old places to eat. And I went to, like, I went all over Vancouver. And I also went to Nanaimo and Victoria and... Cambo River, which is on Vancouver Island. Does it feel okay? This is so. I have two questions for that. Does it feel like weird going to Victoria now? Because I feel like it's so much more expensive. Like back when I was a kid, it felt like it was nothing. Yeah. But now, so like when I saw the prices, now. I was like, "What the fuck? This is insane." Yeah, we brought like food because my cousin said it would be more expensive. Right. And I was just like, mm, "Kind of want to eat like one meal there," which we did end up doing. But I was thinking I would eat like more food there. But when I kept seeing the prices, I was like, "I could just." wait and eat better food in vancouver when we get back or something a little bit more feasible i feel bad for your cousin having to like go with you there and shit <laughs> yeah i mean i get it like he wants to be a good host but at the same time it's like when i have relatives over i bring them to like you know the yeah. slightly better places and shit but to be honest i'm like this shit still isn't like worth and stuff yeah it was kind of nice though because since it's ho- the holidays most of my cousins were off 
So it was like like 10 of us that kept hanging out at most of the days or at least half of the days when I wasn't hanging out with other friends. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we would just travel together and go eat together. And and it felt like we were kids again because I haven't celebrated Christmas with that side of family in a long time and especially not with that many people. Wait, did your sister go with you or no? Yeah, she went with me. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was pretty nice. Um, Must be nice. I don't have that feeling. I feel like because all all my cousins are so much younger, we don't really have that same bond. And then... My cousins on my dad's side, I don't get to see them because they're in Vietnam. So I, see, I saw them like twice in my life. And like, it's just weird. Like they're obviously, because I don't see them, they're almost like strangers to me. Yeah. Um, but they're also all like kind of my age with two kids already. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> I mean, it's, I get it. It's like, that's the, it's the life over 2.5 there. world or 2.5 country. Th- 2.5 <laughs> world country. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I got what you mean. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, oh, I actually had this realization that i almost forgot what it's like to have cousins when i went there because oh, you don't have a lot of family here no i have my entire mom's side of the family is here and my entire dad's side of family is in vancouver oh. but the difference is that i don't really talk to any of my cousins here except for like big events like my grandparents birthday or chinese new year's or christmas or anything like that i don't really hang out with anyone here but over there we like talk all year round. like we have group chats we send each other like memes we have like video calls with each other where we play games online and stuff so it's like completely different but actually seeing my cousins in person and hanging out with them i completely forgot what the dynamic is like to have cousins so like some of my cousins Mm. will come over and they'll like put an arm around my shoulder or when we're sitting on the couch they won't like fucking move like like they won't give me space in that way or they'll put like their legs on my legs and i'm like i forgot this is this this is kind of normal when you do it yeah yeah it's like it's like your siblings but like a little extension yeah Yeah, yeah. exactly it was it was an interesting experience and an interesting to remind myself of what it's like to have cousins oh that's nice that's nice it was nice to see old friends i haven't seen in a long time and friends that i've recently met i also went bouldering a few times oh shut the fuck up rock climbing bouldering the same thing (laughs) i was waiting for that (laughs) but yeah i went bouldering a few times that was pretty fun um, I got to hang out with one of Lynn's friends. Oh, nice. They're friends of my cousin. Oh, small damn, small world. world. Yeah. Damn. And I, I don't know. if uh, Is the measurements here the same as... Or, okay, is that, are hexes the same measurements as, like, What's a hex? V, whatever? I don't Like, know. for the difficulty of a puzzle when Think you go bouldering? So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Vs are... <clears throat> So I think each gym will have their own like color system, hmm. but then they'll have like a chart that translates that color system. Yeah, so then it'll translate to like you know a orange is a V three or like you know a okay. red is a V two or something like that. Well, I felt pretty pretty cool because one of my cousins was like, none of the none of the cousins has finished this three hex one before. And oh, then I see. I went and I tried it for my first time and I got it and he was like, what? Oh, that that felt pretty nice. I think they're just weak, to be honest. Maybe I like know. I feel like bouldering has a totally different type of strength you need. Yeah, it's like for co- sure. like for me when I'm bouldering with my friends right now, like I can do a lot of or like I can't do as well as them. But the things I can do, it's not because I'm good at bouldering. It's just because I have a little bit more raw strength. But I can't get to their level because it's not even about strength anymore. It's like purely about technique. Oh, yes. I yeah. can see So that. it's like leg placement and like how your body is and like to flex specific muscles when you need to. Yeah. When you don't normally yes. do it, right? Yeah. 
So like for me, I'm like just learning that shit because like for me, like I can I can do a lot of like the raw strength stuff, but like it, the pull up ones, yeah. But then that requires a pull up. It's fine. Yeah, and then a lot of my friends say like that's where I'm at right now. Like V four is where I'm at, and they're saying like that's like the cutoff. Like if you don't have technique after this, you can't do anything. Whoa! Yeah. So it's like it's like this is the this is like you're at the stage where you have to learn technique or you can't move on to the next part. Yeah, there was one puzzle <clears throat> I was doing that was mostly upper body was just completely fine but then when it came to a point where i had to like pivot my foot so that i could replace one foot with the other yeah that's when i like i was stuck for so long on that one because i just couldn't do the technique and yeah there was another one hex one that i could not do at all because i just couldn't like angle my arm the right way yeah like yeah. uh like your reach is a bit of it like i might no i could reach it completely oh. but then i had like no strength whatsoever when i would like reach it that way and my cousin kept saying like oh you have to angle your body like this like this and i just couldn't yeah. do it but like that's that's the shitty part like my friends are like six feet and like they can reach some stuff and they'll like so what they'll do sometimes if i can't get something they'll show me how to get it but i'm like there's no way like i can't reach that and i'm like oh yeah that's true like there's no way you can reach that so then i have to jump for it so oh, when God. you when you jump for it, you have to use more muscles and different muscles too, right? Yeah, you have to hope your fucking fingers don't <laughs> break when you latch on. Right? Uh it's usually okay. But like the fingers the fingers are the worst and the forearms. Mm. Um but then it depends. Like if you do like a lot of like uh upside down stuff, your biceps and your shoulders are a bit more sore. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Some of the upside down ones I thought were pretty cool. Like when you had to grip it like supinated. Yeah, no, like like when your whole body's upside down too, right? Like oh, you're I, like, I didn't try. It. Oh yeah, like some of them Those you're like cool. looking up on the ceiling, kind of like you're like cl- climbing like a like a spider. Oh, whoa. Yeah, but it's it's so fucking. T- it's so much like technique. Like some of the guys I see do it, it's like they're not they don't look physically strong, but like mm. they have really good grip strength and they have really good technique. And I was like, Damn. I saw on one of my friend's stories that he did one where he had to do like he was upside down, kind of in a cave. Yeah. And then right when he got to the edge of where the wall starts becoming more vertical, vertical or completely upright, mm. he had to, because of the way the puzzle was set up, he had to like move, like flip his whole body the other way. So like rotate on one hand, like hang on one hand yeah, and essentially put his back towards the wall yeah. while he's hanging. I thought that move was freaking crazy. Well, it's like crazy too, because as I do it, you like you learn... Like there's certain moves you can do that makes it so much easier and there's like certain points where you can almost rest because uh it's like you like lock certain parts of your body and then you don't yeah. have any you don't use any strength yeah um but then there's also other stuff i've learned it's like you always have to have tension in your body yeah like digging your knee into things yeah, yeah that's yeah. that was huge <clears throat> yeah but then the other thing is like if you ever like scrunched up a little bit so like if your elbows stay too close to your body and stuff and if both of them are or if like pretty much if your body's too small in yeah you actually have less strength like reaching mm. and grabbing and pulling you have a lot more strength so then like you always want tension in your body if that makes sense oh yeah i found that too yeah because if you don't have tension you're actually using muscles but once you have tension it's just like less just muscle. a little bit of grip muscle and then you're just hanging there right oh, but yeah it's fucking i mean <clears throat> i think it's fun it's like it's puzzles right so yeah i heard it's like your new thing over volleyball uh yeah i like it i don't know like it's yeah. uh it's pretty fun and it's pretty challenging so i don't know yeah sounds like fun yeah yep. it was really nice listening to the podcast and being not being on the show for once actually so like i can see what lynn says when she says that like 
But when I'm listening to the podcast, it feels like I'm in a room with you guys and I have so much to say and so much to talk about. That was me too. I was in the car and I was like, what the hell? And I was just responding to myself. And I, I can definitely see how fun it can be to be on the other side of the podcast. Something I highly recommend. I think we're literally playing telephone here. So like Lynn was on speaking her stuff and you're listening to it and then you're having all these responses and then now you're responding to those responses while Lynn's going to listen to this and she's going to write up a bunch of responses. Yeah. And she's going to text me and you about it. Yeah, it's pretty fucking sick. I'm literally playing fucking telephone right now. It's going to be fun. I'm waiting for your response, Lynn. But it was really... One thing that was huge when I was listening to you guys talk was whenever you guys would mention my name, it's not, not in a egotistical way but you guys would say things like oh viv actually inspired me to do this or viv kind of pushed me to do this or viv kind of talked me into doing this that made me feel so happy in a way i've never realized or i've never kind of like felt before because i was like i have positive influence on my friends i mean if you were in my shoes you'd probably say the same thing right like there's probably things that you would say that i pushed you to do or i like talk to you about and i think lynn would probably say the same thing it's just that you weren't in the room so it's kind of like yeah, but it's like so nice to hear like so freaking nice it, i felt like it opened up a channel of happiness in me that i've never really felt before that like oh hey you you kind of actually mean something and you're, you're actually like impactful in the people that you enjoy in your life you know it's gonna it's gonna ruin your hero complex because like heroes shouldn't want the reward but then now you've tasted the reward you're like oh <laughs> shit i'm gonna become the boys type of thing right you can be like oh i can laser beam some people now right you're right. I can use my powers now. That felt nice. Uh, yeah, but and yeah. then hearing when Lynn was talking about her goals and she said that she wanted to squat two plates. And you're like, oh, that's easy. I said the same thing at like the same time. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond to that. And then and then Lynn, when, when she was talking about her keto diet and you kept asking her for clarification, in my head, I was like, I know what, what Alvin's thinking. And he's thinking, that ain't fucking keto. <laughs> Dude. I've just listened to so many podcasts about keto. I'm like, dude, everyone's doing it wrong. Like, you literally yeah, have to, like, murder hard. yourself. It's very a very strict diet. And then when you're like, so it's just a carb, a, like a carb-free <laughs> diet, right? Or a light-carb diet. <laughs> that was freaking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, like, some of the stuff I hear about is, like, insane. Like, these people have to, like, drink coffee with butter hmm. just to get more fat. And then they can't even eat that much vegetables because that has too much carbs in it. Yeah. So it's, like insane they're literally just eating like bacon meat and butter all day yeah it's literally like fat and like even even nuts won't work because there's too much carbs in it like there's too much fiber and carbs or there's too much there's a lot of fibers in it but that also equates to there's a lot of carbs in it too Hmm. and making sure you're always in a state of ketosis it's like something that you have to actually like measure well like yeah they actually have like measurement tools and shit for this i was like damn I was like, damn, Lynn, I'm sorry. I know, but you ain't doing that. <laughs> I mean, like, low-carb diet, I think for, like, the first, like, maybe two weeks, you might feel it. But I feel like it's something that passes so fast. Like, your body just gets, I feel like our Used bodies adapt so fast. Like, yeah. as soon as you stop giving it as much carb, it just, like, switches. For sure. I feel like the first few weeks, you feel kind of tired and lethargic yeah. and, like, you crave more carbs. But afterwards, it's really easy. Like, I don't really eat that much. I fucking love rice, but I don't really eat that much rice anymore because of the fact. Mm, I see. Yeah, it was really nice hearing you guys talk on the podcast. Yeah, and... actually, so we, we talked about our resolutions last podcast. And you guys can go listen in. Our last, Actually, no, it's not last podcast. Two podcasts ago. Sorry, we're uh, we're, we're skipping dates here. Oh, yes. Sorry. Um, so this was posted end of December. 
So it was one day before New Year's. No, I remember because you yeah. said you had one day left to finalize your New Year's resolution. Yes, yes, one day. Actually, it's not even like I feel like I didn't put enough effort into it, but it was just like on the spot. Like I had a podcast, I start writing down shit. I don't oh, even I remember everything. But <laughs> I do know one thing. Uh, I said that I will try to read what is it, twenty six books? Yes, twenty six books. But you'd be happy if you reached twenty. So I am this much done. Wow. So I'm three quarters done a book. Uh, so I should be done by end of the weekend. So that's number one, book one. What book is that? It was Legends and Lattes. I kind of talked about it. Uh, so my brother got me this book. Because uh, my brother a very was shiny book. Yeah, my brother said that. Oh, I guess this is a repeat of that podcast. He said that he read fifty-two books last year. I was like, "Fuck me, that's crazy." That's very impressive. That's a book a week, right? I was like, "Man, I feel like the most like short bus kid reading." Like, I feel like I read so slow and like, yeah. But yeah. I'm almost done this. It's been about two weeks, and I'll start my next book. Um, but yeah, just to keep everyone, um, it's not really to keep everyone knowing, but like. Self accountable. Yeah, like when I when I speak about it publicly, I feel more accountable. It's like I have to do it. Yeah, or else you're gonna get yeah so, shamed by no one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was thinking every two weeks I'll kind of introduce the book, the new book I'm on, right? So this one's kind of cool. This one I don't know if you heard about it last time. It's is the main character is called Viv. Yes. Which is complete coincidence. Um, she's an orc, which is again complete coincidence. Shut the fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a kind of a fantasy book about an orc that's like done with fighting and wanting to start a her own cafe type of oh, thing. How cute. Yeah, I mean, it's uh it's not completely my type of books. I like books that are a bit more mature. I think I th- like like I said on the podcast. Yeah. I like books with a bit more like gore and sex and like more realistic shit. Um so like I don't know. I feel like there's a lesbian relationship going on here too. That so why you're reading it? I, I mean, that my brother bought me this. Uh-huh. He I said see. it was one of the family, it was, eh? was twenty twenty one best fantasy book or some bullshit like that. Oh, cool. So that's that's why he uh, he he got it for me because on my wish list I was like I want someone to give me a book that can like continue on. Like if it's a series of three, right? And I can like yes. read all. It's kind of like the Mortal Instruments bullshit. Yeah, right? the one that you hate. The the, the one I only went. I was so happy when I heard that Andrew and they Noel loved it. Loved it, and they have. <laughs> actually read it before too because i was like i absolutely love those it's so i I don't know like but i get it i I can see why it's childish now i don't know if i would reread it now because i read it when i was in high school like if i were to adjust that book a bit there'd be more death and there'd be more sex like right from the beginning oh yeah like like i feel like they get blue balled so much they get to the tip of like about to have sex and then they just disappear from each other i don't remember what they were specifically doing but if anyone read has read the series there's this one scene where they're in like a cave and clary and jace yeah clary and jace are like in a in a cave in finding some runes or some shit and they're both like oh let's go into the water and i was so into that moment because i was like oh i'm gonna read some sexy ass shit now yeah. but nothing fucking happened so i get it it's just like if i was they were like what 17 16 17 yeah. If I was that age, I'd fuck. You'd be fucked like rabbits. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck, like, this is it. This is the time. Yeah. Right? So it was just kind of weird. That's the age when you, like, have sex, like, five times a day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's when guys can just go crazy. Like a like a raging bull. But anyways, yeah. um, to keep myself accountable, I'll talk a little bit about the book. But I guess I already talked most about it. It's called Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. Uh, I'm almost done. If anyone want to talk to me about that book, that'd be cool. I actually, actually kind of like that. I like... um. I like obscure things that very few people like watch or read, and then you guys talk about it together. It's kind of like your own little fan club. Um, so, for example, like way back when I watched a show called The OA. I think you guys never ended up watching it, right? I watched it. Oh, all of season one. 
Did you watch season two? I didn't watch season oh, two. Oh, season two gets was even crazier. Okay. Or, okay. No, wait. I think it is. Are, are there three seasons? Uh, Two, because it got canceled after two. But okay. the ending in season two was so good. Possibly. Okay. But I don't remember. It's like that's an example of like kind of something obscure that didn't get like mainstream, but I thought was super cool. The concept was really yeah, cool. Yeah. And like. Until it wasn't. In my yeah. Opinion. And like the only person that watched other than you was my brother, and we kind of talked about it a bit, and it was like really cool. Um. So I kind of like to do that with books too because for me, uh, books are like shows for me. Yeah. I, I very much, uh, I have a very vivid imagination. So like when I read a book, it's literally playing out like you a show. Too. It's like you're literally in your own world and you can't hear anything else that's going on. Yeah, like like I visualize the, the things that are happening kind of thing, right? So it's it's kind of like I'm third person God looking down on the show and yes. it's happening, right? Yes. So uh, yeah, this was Legend of Lattes. I'm almost done. There's some cool stuff to it. I know it's not as, it's too... um. It's too smooth, I can say, the book. So, like, uh, you ever read any books or mangas or anything like that where, like, the story's just too smooth? Like, things are just going way too well. Oh, like, there's no little upsets you can't for- foretell? foretell? Like, I-, I feel like there's two there's two streams you can go. There's one stream where the story, every single thing they try to do gets fucked. Yeah, that's fucking annoying. Yeah, right? It's, like, every single simple thing they do. But those are kind of, like, neat to watch, too, because you see them go through, like, a lot of adversity. But I get it. Like, sometimes it's annoying, especially if there's a plot hole in it. Yeah. But if there's no plot hole in it, it's like, oh, this is kind of a cool show with a lot of accents or coincidence, right? And then there's the other part of it, which I hate the most, is, like, when things get too smooth. Because, like, it doesn't reflect reality, right? Yes. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, somewhere along this path, something had to have fucked up, right? Yes, I agree. And it had to have been, like, so annoying that you fuck something up, right? I agree. Um, like, some storylines, it just seems like they're just... The author is creating a problem out of nowhere just to create a problem, and I, those are annoying. Yeah, those are plot holes. Yeah. And then sometimes it's too smooth, which is another plot hole. It's too vanilla, right? There's nothing yeah. There's or nothing like, messing up. The character finally decides to stand against the antagonist, and everything goes their way because they're suddenly so brave. Yeah. Like, those are fucking annoying. Yeah, like, I understand in real life, real life's really boring. Like, stuff are very, like, if you were to make a show about real life, it'd be so boring because, like, you'd have 10 straight episodes of nothing happening, right? Yeah. Uh, It's just grinding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, like, when you read a story, you kind of want to hear about the shit that happens, right? That's that's what makes the drama in the story. But, yeah, anyways, I should be done this soon. It should be interesting. I'm really excited for my next book. Are you seeing a card? as your book i always use credit cards so not credit just whatever cards like this is a scene card uh, i have an aeroplane card that just i don't know it's just next to my bed and i just stick it in as my bookmark i have i don't care about my bookmark I-, I love collecting books so i have a lot of favorite bookmarks if it was up to me so like i have a kindle but i had like the tablet kindle and i found it really annoying trying to find books because i have to like pirate it and shit because i'm not uh... willing to pay and stuff I think that's the issue. <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to use a Kindle. You but, completely ruined their business model. But what I would do is, one, I would get the Kindle paper, so the really, really thin one, because the tablet one's and a bit heavier. It actually looks like a paper. Yeah. And I would get a subscription. That's one way of reading it. And then... The, so like what you're supposed to do. Yeah, 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 what I'm supposed to do. Or the alternative is... Um, what I did before is I just used to always go to the li- library because it's free. Uh, but it actually gets really annoying, like time-consuming, and you sometimes don't yeah. get the book you want because you're waiting on hold. But then, when you and get sometimes when you get the book, it's like dirty. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened to me. But sometimes I get the book and then I start reading it, and then they're like, "Oh, it's due in this amount of time." I'm like, "I'm not done yet." Like, can extend it? I thought you can extend your. Uh, if there's a lot of old holds on it, you can't extend it. 
So then it's like, I don't have time to finish it. I want to finish it. I'm like X amount in, but I have to return by this date, which gets kind of annoying. Um, See that? So I'm cool if anyone out there has like a large collection of books that want to introduce me to a new series. I have a large collection of books, but I don't really read series anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of shied off from that because of the mortal instrument shit you kind of <laughs> gave me. So like, like, I read a lot more, a lot of like self help books. Oh yeah, autobiographies and um, poetry things now over fiction. Like, do you read that before you go to bed? Yeah, I can't or just casually. I can't read the self help shit before I go. To bed. I feel like it. Um, so like when you read something self help, you want to retain the information, but I feel like nonfiction is hard to retain, especially in a state when you're about to go to sleep. Yeah, I can see that. So that's why I love reading like fiction, like a half an hour fiction. Like I read for half an hour fiction right before I go to bed and it's like easy. Like it's a nice, comfortable read. I'm super relaxed. I'm not like my brain's almost like shutting off. It's like going into pure imagination mode. Oh, and then I just go to bed. Do you like romantic books? Um, I mean, like I have a lot of I've read a lot of books where there's a lot of like romance themes to it. But like, that's not the core of it. Like, like I read this one book from this actually okay so fuck i i I forget the name so i have to figure it out and i'll let you know oh christopher moore christopher moore i've read all his books oh so this is one of like the few authors i've uh read a lot and i kind of started reading it when i was working at fort mcmurray and i had nothing to do so i just read all day uh this is actually a new book but anyways a lot of his books have a lot of like relationship romance and sex themes to it but that's not like the core of the story like there's still more to the story oh cool um and he has a lot of books and some of them are like series so like these are three that's all together yeah um big fan of vampires and like this is my favorite book this is the one i I let you (laughs) lamb oh yeah that was really good Uh, i actually reread that recently i actually thought um biff was a little more underwhelming than i thought he was Uh, it it actually was like i remember reading it and i thought that biff should have been funnier than he was but i still liked it i think hearing you talk about biff made him seem funnier than I thought he was in the book. I thought he was more like, ru- quirkier. I thought he was a bit more like ruthless and more trolling, but I guess he wasn't as much. Cause like when you read the book, and this is kind of a spoiler, like it's Biff's best friend, and he learns a lot of skills that are like so cool. Like he's like a fucking ninja, yes. right? So you you think he abused it a bit more, but I feel like being Jesus' best friend, he, yeah, he has learned really. not to abuse his power, right? Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of like interesting books and stuff and a lot of them like kind of connect so for example like in this one book of christopher moore he has one main character and he shows up in uh this series oh that's like once or twice and then he shows up in this series once or twice actually in the second book he's like almost like a half main character so it's kind of cool because like all the characters mesh like you kind of like it's like a a a universe of its own kind of reminds me of I used to read a lot of manga, and that reminds me of the Subasa Chronicles. I think that's what it was called. Subasa Chronicles. Yeah, you know, do you know Card Capture Sakura? Oh yeah. It's basically their whole world. Oh, I see, I see. And I would say Card Capture Sakura is like more for little kids, but if you read more into like the rest of the world, like XX Holic and stuff like that, it's darker. Way darker. Oh, I like yeah. that shit. I like um, I like dark stuff, but I. I was gonna sound weird, but I don't like horror books because <laughs> I get nightmares. <laughs> okay, because oh, no, like, I'm so scared. Because I literally get, I have such a vivid imagination that when I sleep, I get the same like dreams about it. Oh yeah, same. Yeah, so I was like, ah, I'm good with horror. I'm good without horror books. I don't mind like mystery and like 
like death is okay and all that stuff but like if it's purely horror i don't think i'd enjoy it as much for the sake of why i'm reading it right i think i'm a little fucked in the sense where i also get like scared because i have such a vivid imagination as well but that feeling of being scared it doesn't happen often oh so you like it so i kind of like it Oh. Like, it's like gives me an adrenaline rush, like kicks in my fight or flight. I'm just alone <laughs> in the basement. It's just like getting off at a horror book. She's like, oh, yes, tell me more. <laughs> no, like, I don't know. Like, maybe I, I can reintroduce myself to horror books. Uh, maybe, because, like, when I. Wh- I stopped when I was in junior high because I read one in junior high before I went to bed and I had a nightmare. I was like, what book was it? Um, Goosebumps? I think it was Skeleton Key. Oh, okay. I don't even remember the plot. I don't think I even finished the book. I, I don't remember actually... the title. Yeah. But I don't remember anything about what it's about. Um, but yeah, I kind of drifted away from those ones. I mean, I, okay, weird thing. This is completely off the topic of what we want to talk about. But um, I always remember when I was a kid, I'd go to the library with my like siblings. And they'll like actually do some homework and shit. Yeah. And I'll just like read, I think it's like the treehouse. It's the one where you the kids climb up in the treehouse and they transport somewhere else. I remember, okay, when... When the library started getting updated and you didn't have to scan one book at a time, you could just put your entire pile on the register and it would log all the books that you're taking out. I thought that was pure magic. Yeah, that's fucking... I mean, I only learned about that like two years ago because like I had a gap where I didn't go to the library and I was like, oh shit, you can just do that? I was like, damn, Literally that's Literally pure magic. I felt like it was so cool every single time I went. Uh, it's these ones, the Magic Trios series. Uh, it's a brother and a sister and then every time they go into these... this. Oh, I don't this, think I know. Uh, what yeah, this is. Like, I remember tonight on the Titanic, and they pretty much just transport you somewhere and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. I used to read Manji? this a lot when I was a kid. Manji? Hmm? Uh, I mean, they go to different places. Like they went to the moon. I, mean, I don't know. They went oh. to Japan where there's ninjas and shit. And I mean, I don't know why this was such a bad. I had a lot of manga at that age. So like manga wasn't a big thing for me until I was in junior high. So all of my elementary days was a lot of Magic Treehouse and other similar books. Like like I would go to the library or online. You know how you like book or reserve whatever books you want? Yeah. I'd literally go down the list and click all of them. Fuck. And you actually finish in time? Yeah, I would finish in time. <clears throat> I just remember I had my like iPod Touch and I just read it all day in class. Like I oh, yeah. just reading different manga and like physics and chem and whatever else in high school. And that was like my entire day. Like, I, like my battery on my iPod Touch would, would die. Because uh, cause I'd be reading it the whole time. I remember those days. And yeah, I still pass somehow. Look. I know, right? Like, if when I think back to how I was in high school, I'm like, how did I pass anything? I don't think I paid I, attention. Like, my math class, I had, like a, a, like, a deal-ish thing with my teacher. Because I came late all the time on purpose. Because I would take an extra long lunch. And I knew that, okay, if you're late a little bit, then you're going to be late. Might as well be late a lot. Yeah. So might as well just have a nice fucking lunch. So then I would walk in halfway into my math class every single day. Yeah. With a BLT because our McNally had really good BLTs at the time. Okay. So I would I would go out to eat with my like friends or I'd go eat my dinner that or not dinner my lunch that I actually brought and I would come back with a BLT that sometimes I'd share with my friends. Right. And I would sit in the back of the class and the teacher would always be like, "You're late again, Vivian," and I'd be like, "Well, it doesn't really matter because I'm." The highest I had the highest marks in the class like all the time. Oh, so, so I was like, bragging. I was Let's like, go. yeah, it doesn't fucking matter that I'm late because I'm doing better Wait, than anyone else here. That's do you think because your class was dumb or do you think you were just smart? Um, be honest. 
I want to toot my own horn because oh. I think I was smart because this was also an IB. Damn. Okay. So it it was nice. That was a nice trade off. Nice. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Anyways, today's topic is based on me listening to the last last I guess. Yeah, the JL show. Yeah, JL show that I wasn't on, where one of our friends said that he was kind of down and was asking for ways to love yourself and this fucking goon over here <laughs> didn't give any advice because he never is able to relate to any depressing moments in life and i guess that's a good thing i'm sorry guys i love myself i uh <laughs> i really do unfortunately a little too much but i felt like if andrew was still listening or if we had any other friends then we could talk about this topic and i could give some pointers yeah, let's uh. How to love yourself? I'll let Viv kind of guide this one, and I'll try to chime in whenever I can. I guess. So, what do you think a lack of self love looks like? Um, I think it's like daddy issues, maybe. Why? <laughs> I mean, like strippers and stuff. I don't know. That's what I think of. Right I, away. I can see that, but how how do you think that's directly related to daddy issues? I feel like if you were to look, I actually looked this up before, but if you were to look up what daddy issues and mommy issues actually look like, yeah. you might show some that you didn't think were actually related to having daddy issues or mommy issues. Like, I have both. Oh, interesting. I think I don't have either. Uh, but that's what I look think up, of. Right away, what, like, what, what do you want me to search? What, do, what does daddy issues look like? What does daddy... I mean, it's just going to be porn here. What does daddy issues look like? I mean, if you just keep like. it at daddy... Maybe anxious, preoccupied daddy issues can cause some people to feel unsettled when they're not with their partners. So, like, oh, what else is this? What else is this? Okay, eight telltale signs that you have daddy issues. What? Okay, fathers are their child. What? Okay, kids are this? egocentric. Oh, maybe I have daddy issues. Cause I, I mean, I don't think I'm that egocentric to be honest. <laughs> uh, like I, I just don't <laughs> think. I don't know. I feel like. Yeah, I don't think so. But anyways, kids naturally protect their parent. Isn't that normal? Wait, is it not normal to protect your parent? I think it is. I feel like this list we is form a fantasy weird. What is this fucking list? Oh, wait. Oh, eight signs you have daddy <laughs> issues. Oh, that was totally wrong. Okay. You have anxious attachments. Uh, you're afraid of being vulnerable. So I feel like when you don't love yourself, you're not independent. So you have both of these for sure. I would say so. Uh, I think being independent is a big thing about loving yourself. I uh, agree. So if you ask me about that. Something that some of my friends have said <clears throat> before to me, or I guess this year, was that one of my friends, she said, if you feel like you're happier when you're in relationships or you're having such a hard time this year, then maybe you're just somebody who's meant to be in relationships. And she was like, I feel like that's not a bad thing. Like people put all the stigma around being a certain way and how certain things are like bad and good. But she was like, if you genuinely feel happier when you're in relationships and you are somebody who shows a lot of love and you're able to express that when you're in a relationship and you feel more whole that way then why is it a bad thing to be in relationships and i felt like wow that was such a refreshing take on things but i completely disagree that was copium right there (laughs) i mean it felt like it was just pure copium like i mean okay so the rationale uh from someone who i think i understand Hmm. is that when you are too dependent on the relate the feeling you get from a relationship then that means you're dependent on that person. When that person goes away, you feel shitty, which isn't how I feel like independent people feel. Right? I agree. I feel like independent people feel like, regardless of who it is, I still feel me and I still feel good, right? I agree. 
Um, that's what, how I would counter that person, I guess. But I don't know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess people are married for a long time, but I feel like even people who are married, there's very independent people in rela- in their marriages too, right? Like, they, they can still do their own thing and be very independent, right? Yeah, I think that when you're in a long-term relationship, there's, sh- there's a little bit of codependency, codependency in some ways because you have to rely on each other to some degree. Yeah. But I also disagree with my friend's statement in the way that, like, if you feel better when you're with somebody versus when you're alone, then you have major fucking issues in my opinion. Because you you're an individual, so you should be okay being by yourself. Yeah. Like you shouldn't need to have somebody else in your life for you to feel okay. Yeah, and I think most of the hardest things you do is probably by yourself. Yeah. Like it's hard because it's by yourself probably. And that's like if you can't deal with that then you know, you're tough t- titties kinda. Of yeah, thing. you 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 got a lot of shit you need to work on. Yeah. Like I, I mean you- for me, I've been in my relationship for four years now mm. and i feel like we're still both very independent people but i would say so like it's it's great like that's what i wanted like that's my lessons from my previous relationships right? yeah so yeah that's good yeah. uh anyways going on uh you use sex to feel loved so this is if you have daddy issues um you have trust issues you pick unhealthy partners you have trouble setting <laughs> boundaries you put your partner on a pedestal and you date people who are much older than you i mean Whoa. this all leads to a stripper no <laughs> right like what was that? all right okay can we talk about each point okay okay so you have anxious attachments i feel like that's yeah you're being you're scared of being alone uh, wait how does that associate to daddy though like a parent perhaps your dad wasn't really there for you as a father oh. figure not always home not able to provide a secure home for you little timmy i'm gonna get some like, milk i'm gonna hold the door to get groceries and you're like no please <laughs> dad last time you didn't come home for three days i don't want any more milk i don't like cereal anymore <laughs> oh, lactose intolerant people i feel like if you were to talk about a male and a traditional male and female role in a household in terms of psychology, then a male would be the one to, to, to provide security. Like a patriarch. Yeah, like a patriarch. Security and stuff. Yeah. So if you have a, an anxious attachment, then I'm guessing that's where that would come from. Like your dad wasn't there to make you feel secure and comfortable. I think it's also like, I, I mean, this might just. I might just ruin it, but I think it ties into all of that. I think you just, you just weren't loved as a child, right? Like, Shit. Well, I mean, like, isn't that kind of, like, if you were, if you knew your parents loved you, like, you knew that as a fact, then would you ever be anxious if they left? Because they're like, no, they didn't leave because of me. They're leaving doing something else. Why should I be anxious, right? I know they still love me, right? Yeah. Anyways, we can keep going. I, and, I feel like there's, um there's like whatever the word is for that because when i was growing up i i knew my parents loved me but oh, they okay. sucked at showing it oh so i felt like there were times when i also had anxious attachment issues like if my parents left the house to go to work i'd be like they're gonna fucking die in a car crash <laughs> i'll come home today i just fucking know it <laughs> they're going to their other family <laughs> yeah or and i would actually sit on the couch and bawl my eyes out crying because i'd be like today's the last day it's six o'clock and they're not home yet and then they'd come on like wow everything's okay again uh okay i have a theory <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll i'll hold on to the theory okay we touched on being vulnerable yeah i think that if you're if you if you're insecure with yourself and who you are as a person which kind of ties into self-love then you're scared of putting yourself out there because you're scared of you're scared that you can't 
pick yourself back up if you if being vulnerable burns you. Yeah, it's like you. It's almost like you already start with low confidence because you don't know yeah. you're loved. So then you're like, hey, if I be out there, and then it proves that I'm not loved, and it just proves my own theory, and then you feel really shitty. Exactly. It, right? Then you then you're like, I I deserve that and all that stuff, all that negative talk. Right. Uh, next one is you use sex to feel loved. Bad. I mean, I feel like um, but I can see that there's some validation at least like in terms of a guy. Yeah. Okay, from a guy's perspective, it's like, you know, she's willing to, like, we think of, or actually, it, it might be both ways. Like, sometimes you think, like, oh, they're doing with me because they like me for something, right? Don't know what that is. And that like can turn into something like love, right? Um. So then you can use that for that, but then maybe you're not mature enough to know that this is, like, a purely, it sometimes is a purely physical thing. Yeah. Like, I can see that in the sense of, like, if you're in a relationship that doesn't have, that's, like, falling apart. Then every yeah. single time you have sex, and you'd be like, "Wow, this is like better than nothing, at least." Yeah, yeah, it's like argument into sex into argument into sex, where it's like this is just a temporary band aid. But I do also think that like when you are in a relationship, you should be like doing it a lot. Yeah, I agree. But I don't think that you should use it to mask something. I agree. Like you should be able to do it a lot, and then even like talk about doing it. I agree. So then, like, it, it becomes very healthy. It's like it just becomes just something, right? Um. Anyways, next one is you have trust issues. I guess it goes back to the same one, right? Yeah, like you're you're not secure in how you handle yourself. Right. Uh you pick unhealthy partners. Okay. Let's say. Uh I as a okay, uh heal old wounds in the current time. We frequently pick up partners who have the same problems as our fathers. I've heard about that. Uh sometimes it's not obvious because I I don't I mean I'm actually curious because I feel like uh, my first part, my first girlfriend was actually a toxic person. Like, like coming out of it is not just her. Like, I was not good. She was not good. Yeah. Like, we were just both really Im- immature. But I don't feel like I'm like. I felt like there's a period of time where I felt like that was the best I could do, kind of thing. Yeah. But then I, I felt like as I grew myself, I was like, okay, never mind. Like, this is not something you need, right? Hmm. So I don't know. I can kind of see that. Yeah, I guess it just mirrors you trying to protect something, right? Maybe protect the family you never I've had. I read into this before, and it was because there's a part of you psycholo- in psychology. The reason why you pick partners that resemble your parents is because you are trying to mirror the relationship that you had with your parents. But because this is your partner, you're hoping that you can subconsciously change the narrative of it. Mm, so like if you pick a partner that has anger issues and your dad used to have anger issues then you're hoping that this time around if you're able to make your relationship okay or like have your partner no longer have anger issues then that will soothe the inner child in you that couldn't do it before yeah no i i see that as being a real thing for not me but for like other people and stuff (laughs) yeah no like for me like (laughs) my issues Okay, the negatives things I thought as a kid with my parents has nothing related to my partner at all. Like they're they're not even the same. Like they're actually probably opposites, right? So it's oh, like, really? It's not oh, even that's good. That. Yeah. Um, you have trouble setting boundaries. Oh, oh this you? is probably something you can talk yeah, about. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask you to read this one. Kind of weird angle. Right um, now. you tend to reveal too much too soon. Your boundaries may have been violated emotionally or even physically, so you do not have a good sense of what is appropriate to share or do with a partner. You have a really hard time saying no when you don't want to do something because you're so worried about upsetting your partner or them leaving because you made a boundary. This can put you in a bad position that can range from uncomfortable to downright dangerous. 
Yeah, completely relatable. Yeah. Uh, on like every front, actually. I'm just trying to like I'm trying to relate to see if I've ever really had that issue. Maybe when I was younger, when it was like, it's not even related to relationship though. It's more like you want to be cool and part of the group, so you want to do something you don't really want to do. Uh, but I've completely abolished that. Like most of that's gone. Good. Yeah, like I, I mean, I don't really fall into peer pressure. Like I, I wouldn't say peer pressure, but it's like if my friend really needed a favor and I really didn't want to do it, but I, you know, value that friendship. Then I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll suck it up for that, right? Yeah. But I don't really consider that peer pressure, so it's. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's peer pressure. I would say that for me and this point, I always saw it as if you really love somebody or you care about somebody enough then it's not a big deal to like sacrifice yourself in that way like i can i can take a lot i can like take not necessarily take one for the team but i can suck it up and it's for me it was like oh it's worth seeing the person that i care for happy even if i have to take a little bit of a loss because seeing them happy in return also makes me also really happy and then like okay if i'm happy they're happy then it's not that big of a deal that i had to take a bit of a loss I actually, uh, so for, I don't know which book I read, but it was a self-help book. And that actually t- taught me to stray away from that mentality. Um, it was something about, like, when you negotiate, like, a compromise is actually not a good solution. Because you both actually don't want want what you actually want. Yeah. Like, you both have to sacrifice. Oh, something. I remember you mentioning this before. But then, yeah, but then, like, you have to think of a creative solution where you both can truly get what you want, and that is, in turn, a good deal. Like, there's mm-hmm. different results of a negotiation. One is, like, one side loses and one side wins. And I think both sides feels bad. Because the, the side that wins obviously feels good, but then it's, like, you know you're ripping that other person off. Mm-hmm. And then the side that, like, feels shitty, they feel shitty, right? Yeah. But, um... <clears throat> there is always a way where both sides can feel good. So for example, like if you're buying something for this price and you know you can resell it for a better price, right? Mm. But that person thinks that this is the best price I can sell it for and you know you can get a better deal later and like sell it off, you're both kind of happy because he's saying like, okay, I'm this is the most I can sell it for so I might as well just sell it and take take my money. And whereas yeah. the other person who's buying it is like, I can resell this and make even more money. So like technically, although in a very um, objective way of thinking one person lost and one person won but in a very relative way of thinking both sides kind of won mm. right so it's like you don't need to take the compromise you can always find a solution to things and then that book kind of taught me is like there is a way sometimes it has to be way more creative than not right yeah that's i want you to send me the title of that book because i actually want to read I it i think now. it's uh how to influence friends or whatever that oh that book. I, okay i think I know it was that one about. and i, I think it was about. something related to your sphere of influence and all that stuff and it's like it's kind of like you feel how to make shitty. friends and influence people yeah and it's, like, it's, some, it's something about like you actually feel shitty when you win a negotiation and that person lost because like you feel bad and stuff hmm. so it's like you actually you might have won objectively say like a monetary value but emotionally and mentally you feel kind of down right? yeah so I don't know. Like I, I, I think, yeah. For me, that's that's how I kind of. That's what taught me to not like suck it up for the team kind of thing. Like, hey, like I can be happy, and we and you can be happy. We can all be happy. I definitely am learning, and I have improved a lot in this sense of boundary setting. So I've learned that it's a lot easier, or it became easier for me to set boundaries when it came to my family, because I saw the stark difference between when I set boundaries and when I didn't. Right. And how badly it would affect me to just take one for the team. Right. And how little it would affect them for me when I took one for the team or when I took a bit of a loss. 
And I realized that when I set proper boundaries with my family, then overall, maybe my, my family might be a little bit upset in the moment, but overall, everyone would be happier in the long run. Yeah, I think so. And if I'm not upset with them, then they'll be happier because then I'll actually like talk to them and stuff. I actually, you know what? I'm going to expose you, us right now. Yeah, go ahead. I want to I wanna set a boundary right now. I want to feel like, okay, Viv, sometimes I felt like in the later part of last year, you weren't too into the podcast thing. And I just want you to tell me if that's the case. Because I like, uh, like I just want to know if that is the case. Because that's fine for me. Like I don't, yeah. I won't feel hurt. Yeah. Um. It's just life, right? No, I genuinely like the podcast. I just feel like I this year have had. I guess this is also in boundaries. Bad organization was saying no, or like mm-hmm. I wanted to keep myself so busy that I like kept that momentum going, to a point where it was hard to juggle everything, and so I had to like. Give a little bit here. Give a little bit here. Wait, give a little we, bit here. Did we talk about this in where... the beginning of the podcast? What do you mean? Or was this before we even started? The, like, well, I I think we talked about this before we even started re- re- recording today. Oh, like the podcast? Yeah. Like being yeah, busy? Yeah. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, I felt like when you were in such a tough spot last year. Oh yes. And I kept saying, hey, you should find distraction. You should find distraction because that's exactly what I did. But then I also found that what I did after a period of a year, it became like I don't need distractions anymore. I want like yeah. value now i yeah. don't want qu- quantity i just want quality value things now yes we did talk about this before we hit record yeah i felt like i was just riding on the, along that momentum of keeping busy that helped me get over all the shit that i was going through in the beginning of the year I, I, I think it helps at least like in the beginning part yeah it helped for sure but then now it's more of a problem than not because right. i i just don't like being busy anymore you and like I re- too many commitments right now and you're too like too many Fuck. commitments and i realized that the things that I really matter to me, I don't like the fact that I put less energy into it just so that I could spread myself thin for more commitments, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like the podcast being one or right. like just talking to certain friends more being one because like, okay, if you go out often, then you, of course, make more friends and you talk to a lot of people. But then I, I realized that, oh, I, I'm giving very little energy to so many people and that's not what I want to do want to do because that's making me lose the quality and friendships that i like you value value more yeah yeah i mean and i would rather talk less talk to less people and put more of my energy into the relationships that actually mean a lot to me that i've kind of been lazy with yeah actually like i was really happy and proud when you were telling me that you're like wanting to spend more time with lumi yeah because i felt like that's a core thing for you it is. And this was around, I think, August or September. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is good. Like, in my mind, I was like, okay, she's getting <laughs> through the distractions and she's now looking at what's actually, like, good for her. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I was actually really happy about that. But I was like, ah, f- she doesn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't feel so nice to hear I that. I mean, yeah, but I don't have to, like, yeah. I don't I'm, have to give you copium. I'm a words of affirmation person. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, around August, yeah, for sure. I was like, okay, I want to spend more time. Yeah. with the things that actually matter more to me and put more effort into the things that matter more to me. But then it only lasted a little bit and I just kept saying yes to more and more plans and then I got busier and busier again. So I thought, so this holiday actually was when I sat down with myself and I was like, okay, you know what? This isn't going to change if you don't actually do something about it. If you keep saying yes to plans and you think that one day you're going to be less busy, it's not going to happen. Right. So I have committed the rest of this month, after this Sunday, I'm not going to hang out with anyone or see anyone for the rest of the month. What do you mean? Like, 
after this Sunday, like every day or just every Sunday? Like after this Sunday, I'm not going to hang out with anyone for the rest of the month. Oh, you're just going to do your own or thing? Or make no plans at all. Like aside from my main commitments, like work, volleyball, gym, podcast. Yeah. Walk, loom. I mean, that'd be sick because uh, I feel like, I mean, it's good for me because I'm like, yo, you can think about a bit more about like some podcast shit. Because like yeah. I actually throughout the break, I thought of uh, some ideas I wanted to like start using and stuff. Yeah, but like without my break, at least I I had a break. So like through my Christmas break, I actually had time to like just sit down, play video games with my friends, and just like not do stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's something that actually helped put it into perspective for me too. Because when I was on this vacation, I was very go go go, and I was thinking like I actually wish I didn't take as long of a vacation so I could just sit at home and do nothing. Because this is the time to do nothing. Because I don't actually have to work, and. It's the holidays, everyone's off, so I shouldn't do anything. But because I was away on vacation, I couldn't actually do that. I, I feel like that uh that alone time, that break time, like just lets you put things into perspective. Like what's actually important and shit. Yeah, exactly. It's just like for me, I thought a lot about like my career and stuff. I was like, okay, hey, what do I actually want? And like all these different things. I, I think we can probably talk about this in a different podcast, but I think I can go a lot more in depth of like things I think I've learned from myself. But yeah, that that'd be cool. Yeah, so I am dedi- after the Sunday. I'm making no more plans with anyone. I'm not even gonna go eat with anyone. Nothing, because I'm oh. like, I want to dedicate it to just solitude, putting my energy into things I actually value, and just spending time by myself. Because I feel like if you look back at your life when you're a kid, you had so much free time to just be lazy or not lazy, be bored. Yeah, that's something I've been telling myself lately. Like for the last few days, whenever I go to a wash, I'm like, oh, where's my phone? And I'll be like, no, don't grab your phone. Remember, Alvin said it's very important to be bored. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I sometimes fall victim to looking at my phone too. But I mean, like I feel like my ideas never grow if I don't have time to think, and you don't I have time agree. to think unless you're bored. I agree. Your creative brain is just stunted by a lot if you're not bored. Yeah, it's like it's like I think there was that one week I was telling you is like I felt like it was such a bad week, even though I got so much done. It's just that I kept doing things, but I was never actually doing yeah. anything important like it was all just monotonous shit right you're not actually living life you're just on autopilot yeah 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 so i was thinking after this month i was like how how am i gonna create make this more impactful and so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna limit myself to the amount of like hangouts and things that i say yes to each month after right. this month oh and i think that'll be a I really mean, good way to set boundaries for myself yeah, actually, I don't know if this got onto the last podcast, but when I was talking to Lynn and Andrew last week, I also told them, like, something I do. Okay, so they were telling me why I didn't play at the, at the tournament last week. Yeah. And I was telling something, and I I don't, I forget if I said it on the podcast it's not or not. on the podcast. But I told them specifically, I was like, I will not play because that day is reserved for Joyce. And I feel like okay. you guys all have to have that if you have a relationship. Yes. Like, you don't have to see each other every day, but at least the one day you do have it, you have to fully commit. Like, you're there, like, mentally always there for that. And then every other day, it's okay if you're not completely there. But at least you had that one day a week, right? I agree. So that's why I told her, I was like, no, I can't, like, like I only get one a, one a week, and I always value it. And I always tell people I can't hang out on that specific day if I get the one a week. I respect that yeah. a lot. That's pretty great. Yeah, I don't know. It's just should I learn. But anyways, that's, like, for example, one of the boundaries I made for myself. It's like, hey, guys, like... I can hang out one of the days, but if it's the Joyce Day, I can't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, any other time, I'll come and hang out with you guys, but Joyce Day is a no, right? And it's, like, 
there's a difference between hanging out with your significant other and other people than just like you two doing your thing and like talking to For each sure. other and learning about each other and stuff. It's not the same like at all. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're, it's, it sounds weird, but it's kind of like either if it's her group of friends, my group of friends, it's like one of you guys are just a pet to the other person, right? Like in, in that group. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. Yeah. But it's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not the same. All right. So that's number six. Do you want any more, anything else about boundaries? I mean, guys, love yourself. Set some boundaries. Yeah. Help. Set some boundaries. Um, Something that I, I'm starting to repeat to myself more often than not is that something that my therapist told me is that when you're making a decision, it's only good if both parties are come out of it happy. So it's like the same thing you said about negotiations. Yeah. And that's something that I tell myself a lot now whenever I'm trying to set boundaries with things. So I've gotten, I think I've been really good with setting boundaries with my family. I've been a lot better with setting boundaries with friends, like pretty good. I'm not sure exactly how i could be better in that way maybe more communication but in terms of setting boundaries for things that i'll do and won't do i think i'm very good at that but for people that are like in between i think i need some work like i have a hard time setting boundaries when i know that it might make somebody else uncomfortable and if i actually care about that person oh i see that's still somewhere where i like have troubles with even if it's family family i don't give a shit if they feel uncomfortable because they'll know family yeah but if it's somebody else, then I still have a bit of a hard time. Well, I mean, I'm glad I cleared it up then. I'm like, if you don't want to do this podcast, let me fucking know, Viv. <laughs> no, I do want to do it. Um, okay, cool. So the next one is you put your partner on a pedestal. I don't think I've ever done that. But I don't have daddy issues either. I don't. Okay, so like to read it, you idealize your partner because you're hungry for an idealized father that you never had. You worry excessively about what your partner thinks about you, are constantly concerned about disappointing them, or view them in an elevated stature. Yeah, I don't think I relate to that. I think my ex actually had a daddy issue, and like that was one of the things. How did it feel? I mean, it felt shitty being on a pedestal, to be honest. Oh, really? Like, the expectation is so much higher now, right? Oh, I Like, they they think of you so greatly. Oh, I can kind of see that. Yeah, like, so like, a background. When I was in university, I felt like I was always on a pedestal because I was always considered smart in university. Mm So everyone will look to me for like help with homework and all this stuff like that, right? Yeah. And they're like always thinking like, oh, Alvin will do something great in the future because he's so smart now, right? Uh, and I felt like I was like, at the time and actually even up to like maybe like a couple months ago, I kept thinking like, man, it felt shitty being put on a pedestal. Like I felt like if I didn't have that pressure on me, I'd be able to do more of maybe what I want to do, right? You'd be more authentic. Yeah. But yeah. then now that I think back, I was like, it's actually not their fault. It's actually my fault of thinking that they're putting me on a pedestal. Like it's actually still back to me. So like, what I've learned a lot is like when you start blaming other people for your problems, then you'll never actually learn from it. And it's always like an infinite source. I agree. Right. So if then you I think was, your problems are always from someone else, then you're just looking for somebody to like justify it, your victim yeah, complex yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So then, so then actually quite recently, like I'd probably say like in the last like couple months, maybe in the last year, I kind of learned like, hey, no, no, no. Like maybe it felt like that. And maybe like from an outsider, they can perceive that, but it's still. It's still your life, and it's still how you think about it at the end of the day. What if they literally said that to you? No, they literally said, I'm the smartest person. You're going to do something great in the future. Like, they literally said, oh, I was going to become, he's going to get his PhD. But I like, was going to be a professor. More and all so, like, things that are, like, yes, you are on a pedestal. Like, I've had somebody tell me that, like, I have very high expectations of you, and if you don't meet those expectations, then I'm going to be very disappointed. And I would say, like, oh, but I'm human. I'm not going to meet all of them. And they would say something like, so you want me to think less of you? I mean, for me, it wasn't exact. Like, it wasn't as direct as that. It was yeah. very indirect, though. It was a lot like, 
oh, you're so smart. You're probably going to like be the manager, like be be my manager in five years from now or something like that. And mm-hmm. then I'd be like, oh, oh, I can't see that. I was yeah. like, oh, it just, it just gets annoying because everyone says that, right? And I'm just like, but at the same time, it's like, I've learned like, this is still you. Like pe- people can say, and people will say whatever they want to say. It's how you think about it, how you treat it is what's more important. Yeah, than how much say. weight you put onto the yeah, words. Yeah, exactly. Importance. Exactly. So like, to be honest, my really close friends actually never say that. Oh, interesting. But like my really really close ones but i also think they like they know i don't care for that shit right yeah like they they know who i am authentically so they know that there's no point in saying those things right i agree i feel like when you're really close to someone you don't really see them for like you can see all their good attributes like you're a smart person you seem like you're gonna go far you're a very successful person you have all this potential that's actually measurable right but you see them more as who they are than the things that they can do i see Maybe that's why. Maybe. Uh, anyways, on the last one on this point of daddy issues is you date people who are much older than you. That's 100%. I can see that. So, okay. I, I've never dated anyone older than me. But I've always wanted to. For two okay, reasons. Why? Uh, in all my relationships, I'm usually like kind of the breadwinner. Like I would make, I would pay for more things and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I'm also the male, right? So it yeah. feels in this society very normal, even though it shouldn't be. Um. And I feel like older females have, like, way more wisdom in terms of, like, sex and stuff. Yeah. So I was, like, I always wanted to, um, but I, I never did. I Like, I actually never dated. Like, I've, like, you know, did some other stuff, but I never dated anyone older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've dated someone who's older than me. Like, and but I'm, not is it significant. It just five years. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, but I would say that aside from small nuances it's not a at least in my experience it wasn't that big of a difference yeah at I, all i wouldn't expect it to be for either. me at least okay so we talked about so do you think these daddy issues are the symptoms of lack of self-love um i think they can show somebody why they have a lack of self-love but i wouldn't say directly that somebody with a lack of self-love has all these symptoms i see or these characteristics but I would say that if I saw somebody with lack of self-love, then I feel like lack of confidence would be a big one. Oh, yeah. Low low self-esteem. Yeah. Definitely. Low self-esteem would be a huge contributor. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think all these diet issues are actually very associated to it. Um. Actually, so one thing I jot down that I want to talk about is I think the sol- I think I know the solution to daddy issues. Okay, what is it? And it obviously, Find a zaddy. It obviously can be fixed mm. later on. Like, it, like, Delicious. like <laughs> if you're if you're beyond a certain age, it's like not not fixable, right? Yeah. I, I feel like that's just what it is. It's kind of the was it your inner child? Yeah. 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 So like, like you and Liz once said, like it's not really you can't really do anything after a certain point, right? Yeah. Um, but I actually think all of these are resolved by being grown up in a community. So oh. like, for example, for me, um. My mom wasn't actually my primary caregiver, like, at birth. So, like, my mom gave birth to me, and then she went to Toronto for vacation, like, right after. Like, she already had it booked and everything. <laughs> gave birth. Uh, so, like, the first, like, three, four months, uh, I thought my grandma was my mom. Oh, interesting. And then I think it's, uh, it took almost a year before I realized my mom is my mom, right? Yeah. Um, but at then, what age was this? That I realized my mom was my mom? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, like, pr- probably pretty young, but, like, but I, to ha- for I, you to remember that I, feeling, I actually don't completely remember the feeling. But everyone, all my family members said that, like my mom came home and I didn't recognize her. Oh, oh, damn! Because I was with my grandma the whole time, yeah. right? 
Um, but outside of that, I always had a family where my aunts came over like every weekend and stuff. <clears throat> and I feel like um having and like my parents worked all the time. Like my parents worked their ass off, right? Because like they're immigrants here, you know, they worked as janitors and then, you know, my mom went to school and she got a better job and all this stuff. But they, they did shitty jobs and they lived really hard life to like raise us, right? Uh so I actually didn't see them at home a lot. I feel like because I didn't see them at home a lot, but I saw my aunts all the time, I saw my grandma all the time, I felt like I was raised with a community. It wasn't oh, like that makes sense. It wasn't like two people raising me. It was a group of people raising me. Like I learned things from each individual that I was like interacting with. Yeah. And I feel like that's like like when I read all these daddy issues, I feel like I never doubted people loving me because I felt like there was so much around. Mm. Like it was so like I don't know, like, family was just, it's it's almost like you don't value it until you lose it kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, at the time, I didn't value it as much. But then, all of a sudden, when I grew up, I realized, like, oh, shit, it was everywhere all the time. Like, like it was, my whole life was like that when I was a kid. And I feel like, because of that, I don't really have any of these things that was, like, that that we kind of talked about, right? And I feel like that might be the solution. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not a parent. But I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I had a pretty good childhood. And stuff. I can kind of see what you mean. So the where I am confused about for my own self is that my dad was actually a pretty fucking great dad. Right. And I still think that my dad is like pretty fucking great. Like I want to get a tattoo dedicated to my dad. Oh, really? Yeah. And maybe like, that's too much. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's the issue. Like I did. We did have times when I thought my dad was like pretty despicable. But overall, I think my dad was like an amazing dad and i can talk to him the same way i talk to you right now and i can talk to him like he's like my best friend right now so where i where i'm confused about with your solution is that i was surrounded by a lot of family growing up too so i had like all my cousins in bc and i like spent a lot of time with them every summer every holiday that happened we're constantly in contact and i have growing up i was actually also really close with my family on my mom's side too so and we saw them every single week right and i would see all the cousins on my mom's side every single day because we all went to the same schools and we would all walk home together and do all that stuff. But for some reason, I still got issues. So I don't know. <laughs> um, was like, was your parents still like your primary caregiver, you think? Half and half. So I spent most of the time at my grandparents' house, I would say. Okay. Like so- during the weekdays from all the way up until high school, I would wake up really early in the morning my parents would drop me off at my grandparents house and all my aunts and uncles would do the same for all my cousins everyone would wake up really early drop all the kids off at my grandparents house right and go to work right then all the kids would take over whatever beds whatever couches and sleep because we'd all get dropped off at like 5 6 a.m right and we'd all wake up at the same time my grandma would make us all breakfast we'd all have our clothes in our backpacks and we'd all change and get ready for school and we'd all walk to school together because we all went to the same elementary school and junior high and then similar high schools I see. And then we every single day at lunch, we'd either all go to the mall with our friends or we'd walk back to our grandparents' house to have lunch with our grandparents. And then after school, we'd all walk back and spend time at our grandparents' house until like 9 p.m. Oh, when our parents would come pick us up. You think the lack of your parents being there? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because like what I'm trying to get at is like I actually as a kid, like I didn't see my parents much. So, like, they were always working. Yeah. But, like, I felt like when it mattered most, they were always there. Yeah. And, like, they were always still there at some point of the day. 
um so i don't know maybe that's also why like i was still grown up in a community but it was like they were just i don't know why i i felt like i had um i, I never had a doubt on like what they were doing like i had the trust in them like that they were working no like they were doing what's needed to be done for me to like have oh, a good I life see. right like I, I, I i never like my parents never fought in front of us Oh, maybe that's it. My parents fought in front of me all the time. Like, they would actually bring me into the fight. Yeah. Specifically. No, they, they would actually always, like, if they got into a fight, they'd be like, they just won't talk to each other while they're near us. And then when we're gone, they'll actually maybe, like, I don't know. Like, I was never there, so I actually never knew what, what actually went on. I right? like that. Um. So, like, they, they never really fought in front of us, and they always, like, never allowed us to worry about uh life. Like, like we, we knew we were poor, but they never, like, wanted us to think we were poor. That's so nice. If, if that's, like... I, I can see that, too. It's like, it's like... It's like... the same thing, like, in a way. If we were about to get spoiled, they would let us know, like, we don't have that much money. But, like, in a very, like, cool way. Like, not, like, a very, like, direct and mean way. Um, But then, if, you know, whatever we wanted, they would still try to get it for us, right? And it's just, like, it, it felt like, like, I knew I was poor, but I never felt like I was poor. I, I agree. Like, my parents were the same way. They We weren't the richest growing up either. And my parents would let us know that, like, oh, budget's tight or we don't have a lot of money. Or... So, like, they, they would actually never say that ever once. Oh, really? They would never say, like, like they would indirectly say we don't have money. It's like, if I asked, like, oh, why can't we get a new car? It's like, oh, you know, car's expensive. We can't afford it, right? But they oh, would never say, like, we don't have money. They're just like, it's expensive. We can't afford it. There's no reason to buy it, right? Kind of thing. Like, my parents would always say, like, yeah, we have no money. Our luck's shit. And <laughs> I would say things like, oh my god, god, why are you so mean oh, to no, me? Why no. are we, why don't we have enough money? It was, um... <laughs> oh, fuck. So I don't know if it's the right way of thinking, but, like, it always felt like they had a very head down, get your work done type of mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't worry about, like, the outcome of money and shit. It's just like, you know, we still have, we still have, you know, bread on the table. We still have another day. Kind of yeah. Like that, right? So, like, they actually, I don't ever remember them telling us we don't have money. Like, we knew we were poor, though. Like, we, we specifically knew because you can obviously compare yourself to other people, right? Yes. Like, when you compare yourself to other kids, you're like, you knew, like, they had a better standard yeah. of living, right? But then they would never say it. Like, they would still be like, oh, you want to, like, take lessons? Well, like, they'll pay for it and stuff and they'll, they'll just do whatever, right? But they'll, they'll never tell us that, right? I, yeah. I don't know if that's a pride thing or not. Oh, interesting. Because my mom would say that shit all the time. She'd be like, you think you're rich or some shit? Well, you want a Lunchable? No way. <laughs> I, I mean, they'll try to buy us those stupid things. Like, I yeah. remember I got, like, purple hot dog buns once. Because my mom thought it was cool. It was on the commercials and shit. And oh, she thought we cute. wanted it, right? I fucking hated it. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? This is the dumbest thing ever. But it was like, yeah, I think they always tried to make sure... Or they never specifically told us that, right? Like, I think they already knew we knew. And a bit of it is, like, they trusted us. Like, they trusted us to not behave poorly and stuff. And That's great. Yeah, I don't know. I, may, may, maybe it's also trust, too, right? Yeah. So maybe it's growing up in a community. Maybe it's trust. I, I'm i sure it's, like, a bunch of things yeah. that creates the perfect child, right? Like, my parents still tried their best, and they would, but they'd be very verbal about everything going on in their head. I so see. if they were angry, they'd let me know they were angry. If they were fighting with each other, they'd let me know that they were do, fighting each other. Do you, do you appreciate that? Or do you think it... Like, I think it causes a lot of trauma, a lot of issues, oh, but I yeah, okay. appreciate the transparency because I feel like it's has allowed me to see perspectives in a lot of different ways. Okay, like so like they would because we're we were still not like the richest, but then they would they would let us know that like we don't have enough money or like why are you acting that way or why do you want those things because that costs a lot of money or like 
do you think you are? <laughs> shit like that. Right. But then they would also say things like, we are parents for the first time, so we're trying our hardest. We'll try our best to give you whatever you want. And if we can't give you whatever you want, then we'll try to do as, like, get close to give you whatever you want. Yeah, I, I can see that, how that gives trauma. I feel like as a child, you're just, your brain is only so, like, it's only so good to, like, interpret certain things. Yeah. Like that. I feel like I was lucky to never experience, like, for example, when I was a kid, I remember when I was in, like, grade 7 or grade 8, I saw this YouTube video, and it was about a magic trick, and I thought the guy actually died in the magic trick. <gasps> Um, but there's a second part of the video that I didn't watch okay. where he, the trick was him not dying and yeah. just like fake blood and all that shit like that. Right. But I felt traumatized after that. Right. Yeah. And then from that point, I learned like, Hey, there's certain shit you can see at certain times of your life and certain shit you shouldn't be able to see at certain times. Of your life. I agree. And then at that point on, I was like, okay, like trauma is a real thing. Like I, like for me, I taught myself, I was like, there are certain things maybe you should, shouldn't see like all this, like very intense violence especially if it's so real like like when you see fake violence like saw like yeah. the movie saw it's so obvious that it, it, it doesn't bother me at all right hmm. but when it's so real like someone actually getting shot it's like it probably it changes does something you, right to you. So, I 100% so i feel like as a kid ever since that moment in grade 8 of watching that video i actually like gave myself baby steps to see more trauma more traumatic oh, things. Interesting. If, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I didn't purposely see more traumatic things, but some things I knew I was mentally able to handle and some things I knew I wasn't mentally able to handle. Um so like I would actually like avoid some I don't know, like I guess there's no way of avoiding, right? Like if you get in a car crash, you get in a car crash. Yeah. There's no there's no control in that. But I guess I was lucky that like throughout my adolescence up to like I was twenty five, I didn't have to experience all these crazy traumas. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but I, I also I feel like a part of it is that I was lucky and a part of it was like I carefully knew that I felt a little bit of trauma. I felt like the sliver of trauma oh God, what the and hell? I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want any of <laughs> Not this. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, I can see that. My parents are very transparent with everything. So if they fought, whatever, we had issues, anything, uh, they told me everything. Like if my mom saw a bad video on the on TV about like war happening, she would specifically call me down and be like, look at this shit. This is what's oh. happening in the world. And I would see, like, people dying and people getting shot and all that stuff. Like, shit, kids bit, shouldn't watch. But it still doesn't feel real when you see it. I don't know. Like, but, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, if there's crimes happening or, I don't know, not crimes. Like, if you're driving and you happen to drive past a car accident, my parents would be those people that slow down. Yeah. Like, everyone does. But then they would be like, look, look, look at that guy. He's on the floor. You see his blood? Do you see that? See, that's what happens when you don't put on your seatbelt. Things like that. Like, they oh, would be they're, they're, so transparent by everything. They're, like, like, trying to teach you a lesson through those. Yeah, like, uh, about how harsh the world is. Or, like, if they got a security... Or we got a security alarm because my parents showed me so many things that I was like, anyone at any moment can break into the house right now and fuck up our whole family for fucking life. Like, why aren't you more scared? Like, this is this world's actually fucking scary. There's crazy people out on I the loose like that. I think that's actually where your, some of your trauma came from then. Yeah, probably. Like, to, to be honest, I never really had those experiences whatsoever. Like, even witnessing a car crash, like, it was never that bad. It was like someone had, like, a blood coming over their head, and, and that was it. Like, that was the most I've ever, ever experienced. And, like, now that I think back, as a child, if my parents told me, like, you are poor, and then I understood what poor meant through school, yeah. then I'd be like, oh, I'm a lower class person. Right? So I felt like it was good that they never actually explicitly said it, right? Yeah. Like, like it felt like at any day I could win the lottery. Like, really? As a kid, Damn. it felt like I could go from poor to rich to whatever. Like, poor doesn't define me kind of thing. Because yeah. because my parents never told me I was poor. Like, I I knew I was poor and, like, I could, like, visually confirm I was poor. Yeah. But they never said it. So it felt like I could always be rich kind of 
like that was the mentality i had i felt like because like my mentality with that was like okay i'm poor but then when i saw like all my friends and everyone else get new shoes and all that stuff i would think like you are not them though so it doesn't matter like their Mm. life is not your life and that's where i felt like i was more realistic in a way but i like i i think it would have been nice to be optimistic in the sense of like oh you can win the lottery any day but i was like you are poor know where you stand kind of thing i think okay so i think my way was that like we were they were they always told us like we they didn't say we can't afford but they're like we don't need it like it's not necessary right and then later when i grew up i learned that oh i'm like as a student in university i was like oh i'm poor i really don't need (laughs) it right (laughs) this is why i can't buy it but i think that's how i learned to be so frugal like even now to this day i feel like i'm a very like low cost human being yes you are uh, so it's like maybe I don't know maybe 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 that's kind of where it came from. I feel like that's actually one of the flaws I have is that I'm so. I is feel like a flaw in I, today's economy. I'm so is it? I'm so frugal <laughs> that sometimes I feel selfish. Oh, it's like if someone's like, "Oh, do you want to donate?" It's like, "Ah, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I I need my money." <laughs> I was just gonna ask how, and if you could give an example, that was a great example. Yeah, right. Because it's like, but then a part of me also knows like I don't trust that like. Uh, hmm. A part of me is like I don't trust charities. I'm very bad with that. Yeah, because I was like, I, I know how charities run. I feel like I could potentially run a charity, and I could make so much money. Yeah. And I feel like if that's how charities are run, I don't want to give my money that. So, for example, if someone told me I want food because I'm hungry, I feel better buying them food than giving it to Salvation Army and Ar- Salvation Army or Food Bank <laughs> giving them food. You know what I mean? agree because they're not gonna get it. Yeah, that, that one person's probably not gonna be helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I agree, but I see it the same way. But I think because growing up even though my mom said all those things whenever there was a salvation army or some guy sitting in the mall with like a bell or whatever the fuck yeah my parents would be like oh we, we should donate how much money do you want to donate and i would always think what the fuck you're literally talking to me just now about like our lack of money and then all of a sudden they'd be like here's a hundred dollars and i'm like what what the fuck i don't get how there's discrepancies so maybe i'm like okay it's good to be generous and that's fucked me over so many times in life oh i mean i i feel like of donations i actually sometimes envy your generosity i feel like something i i don't i don't have the willpower to do it's like i'm not willing to fucking give whoever just whatever i want right like I don't know. I I think I think it's a good and a bad. Though. It's a two-edged sword because sometimes I do it. And I'm like I'm probably being really stupid by doing this right now because there's been so many times when someone would someone would ring the doorbell and they'll give you a spiel about whatever campaign or um thing that they're standing up for or whatever problem that they're trying to fund. Right. And afterwards, I'd be like, damn. So, if I actually felt this way about a problem and I wanted to do something about it, then I would be doing the same thing that you would be doing. I'd be going door to door and asking for donations and stuff like that for this one cause that I really want to fix. Right. And I'm like, even if your margins are really low, like, oh my God, you guys keep 70% of the costs and yeah. you guys actually only d- donate 30. I'm like, that 30% still doing something. And I'm like, fuck. And then I hate it when they like give chocolates because I'm like, Feels even worse. I'm not even gonna eat these fucking chocolates. Uh, but here's forty bucks. Yeah, I've done that so many times. <laughs> so I feel like my parents' generosity came in a different way. It wasn't to it was like like it might be the wrong way of thinking, but they never really gave it to like random people. They actually specifically gave it to like the temple. Like we're we're mm. we're a very Buddhist family, and I'm probably gonna butcher this. So my so my brother will probably like call me later and tell me this, right? But it's kind of like uh, you build your own karma. It's like oh yeah, like that's what you're doing now. So it's it's almost like 
to me, it's still a selfish endeavor, but it's still very giving. If that oh, makes sense, right? Because you're building that. for your next life, kind of yeah, thing, like that, right? Um, so then it's just different. I feel like my generosity, like, is very direct to very relatable. Like, for example, if my little cousin wanted something, I'd buy them almost anything. Yeah, uh, within reason, within reason, right? Like, if if they needed this for school, if they needed this for something, I'd I'd pay for it. Like without a problem. If my brother or my sister need anything, I'd pay for it without a problem. Like, yeah. like my generosity is almost like infinite to a certain boundary, and then outside of that boundary, it's zero. I would. Whereas, whereas no. most people, it scales, right? It's it's infinite where you are, and then as you go away from where you are, it scales to lower and lower values. Whereas I feel like mine is like nearly infinite within a very small circle, and then as soon as you leave that circle, maybe there's another circle that is a little bit less, and then yeah. right outside of that circle is completely zero. Yeah. Right. Whereas I feel like most normal people, it scales down in a gradual way, or maybe slightly exponential, but it scales properly. Right. For yeah. me, it's like it's not like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Mine's definitely scaled. I think. No, mine's like if you're not within this vicinity of what I call things I care about, I don't care. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna give anything for it. Like it, mm-hmm. it just I, I I won't feel better giving you anything. Right. I see. Yeah. I can't relate. I wish I could relate. <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay, so back to our topic. So, I mean, there's a lot of signs of lack of self-love. So that's like confidence issues, daddy issues that I mentioned before. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like a lot I, of sadness might come from this too. It's just straight up depression, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to explain it. Like, like if you have self-love, will you ever be depressed? Oh, fuck yeah. What the hell? Really? Even with self-love, you still feel depression? Yeah, like what if your dad died? I feel sad. I feel overwhelming sadness, but I would never be depressed. Like it would never cripple me to the point where I can't do anything. I, I feel like that's what depression essentially is, right? Yeah. It's a very I, crippling feeling, right? I would say I would I'd be pretty fucking depressed if any one of my family uh, members died. I, I mean, okay, so I uh, feel like I'd be in mourning. Yeah. So I'd be like two weeks of mourning and then I'd get on with my life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I don't th- I don't feel like that's depression. I feel like that's a very normal process of grief, right? I feel like there's a difference between grief and depression. I feel like depression is like you almost don't even need a reason. Oh, okay. You know oh, I, mean? I can like, see I feel what like you it's mean. a bit more mental than it is situational. Yeah. Whereas like grief is a very situationalist thing. So I feel like if you truly have self-love, would you ever be depressed? I don't know. Like I I actually don't know. Like I'm playing. I still think you would, but I can definitely see what you mean by that. Because if I'm thinking about like in a past year, how my initial trigger was my breakup for being really depressed, I would say that like I dragged that part on for a while because I. There was a part of me that didn't have self love to be like, okay, if this didn't work out for you, then it didn't work out for you. Yeah. Type of thing. I mean, you had some demons too. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of like all came together, right? Yeah, it did. But, but I, I like, can see what you mean by that. Like in this current situation, if you got into a relationship and you broke up, but you learned all these things about self love, do you think you'd be in that type of rut again? Or? No, I don't think so, for sure. Like that's exactly my thought, yeah. which is why I think I like I don't really get into depression. Like I might get into states of like anxiousness or I might get into like other sad, like quote unquote sad states. Yeah. But I don't think. I personally don't consider it depression. Like, I feel like maybe I put too much weight on the word, hmm. but maybe other people put too little weight on the word. Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes people, like, throw it around too much. I can definitely see what you mean now with with that your point, because, like, if I got into another relationship now and they, like, things weren't going well, then I would just be like, okay, well, this isn't meant for me this time. Yeah. And yeah. then you have you to help yourself out of it. Yeah, I would be like, well, it's clear that this didn't work, this didn't work, and it's just okay, just move on. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Versus like my mentality before was like, holy fuck, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. If it was breakup specific, aside from all the other things that were happening at that time. Like, yeah, I also think that was like a problem you had in your previous relationship that you never fixed before you got into your new relationship. Yeah. Right. So then that kind of just compounded, I, like, right? Went into my last relationship with the mindset of like, oh, I'll be a perfect person, everything will be great, and all that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, it wasn't. I don't know how long you guys were together, like three, four years, four years? Almost four. Yeah, it wasn't a four year in the making. It was a 10 year in the making. Because it was, 11. It, 11, because it, it counted the previous one because yeah. you never fixed it before, right? Mm. Yeah, okay, makes sense. Mm. But I can see that. And I feel like something that is starting to pop up right now that I didn't realize is that like you can feel like you love yourself a lot, but there's little habits that you can do that show that you don't love yourself in that way. And it can be like surprising in a way. Like I feel like my growth from the year in terms of self-love and like happiness, all that stuff has been exponentially a lot better. But there's little habits that I do like setting boundaries or like, yeah, other little habits that show that I'm still lacking self-love in certain areas oh. when other areas I've mastered or become really good at still. So I think that I've, I'm a lot better at self-love and I would say that like, I love myself a lot now and a lot like a lot more to the, a degree that's a lot more acceptable but there's little habits that I've noticed here and there that kind of compromise that or speak against that like the boundary setting thing. So like you feel like do you feel like you have more genuine self-love compared to maybe something you thought was self-love? Is that is that the case or Yeah, more genuine self-love. But uh, what's a what's a false self-love? Like Okay, this is the example I can give, but it's not okay. relatable. So, like, okay. sometimes, okay, so most days I have a meal plan. Oh, I have an example. And sometimes I cheat, and I feel like, oh, that's a, like, I feel good, but I feel like I'm doing something really bad. Yes. And that's, like, a really false self-love, in yes. my opinion. But I, I don't know if that's true. I agree. One of my, my examples would be, like, the same. Like, I have a few, actually. They're all starting to pop up in my head. Like, I... But go to I go to the gym like five days a week. Right. But then near the at the beginning of the year, I felt like I was improving in my self love in terms of like taking care of yourself because I was started to like eat more more like a normal person again. I, I was going back into my same gym routine again. But then whenever I would eat or I would go to the gym, I would blaze before that. Oh, okay. And it's like, oh, you think half of this is self-love because you're taking care of your body, you're eating, and you're going to gym, but the other half isn't because you're blazing every single time you go. I see. And you think that, like, oh, I'm blazing because I'm taking the edge off, so I feel a little bit even better to go. But it's like, okay, this one habit is still bad in itself, even though you're eating and even though you're going to the gym. I see. Okay. So overall, it could look like you're treating yourself better, but it's like, oh, there's still, like, discrepancies between what you're actually doing. I just feel like every time I'm like, and it doesn't happen often, but every time I'm like, treat yourself, and mm. I do it, and I just feel shitty because, like, that's not discipline. Exactly. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> that too. I shouldn't have done it. Like, I feel guilty afterwards. Yeah. I'm like halfway into the burger. I'm like, no. Nah. Like, Why? Yeah. Why damn. Wouldn't you have felt better if you just said no and you ate something healthy? Then you're like proud of yourself. Yeah. 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 So, uh, in certain situations, yes. In certain, certain situations, no. Like, uh, when my. Like, it's, it's weird. But when my f weight fluctuates too low, I actually don't feel bad about eating more. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's just me. That's just how I do my own weight stuff. Yeah, I agree. My fake signs of my um, healthiness, I guess. 
I mean, if it works, it works, right? Or like another thing that I think is like a false sense of self-love is me being really busy all the time. Mm. Like I feel like it feeds an immediate need of being busy or like being happy or like seeing friends and being like, oh, I'm social. I'm doing these things. I'm not just laying in bed all the time crying. But then at the same time, it's like this busyness is stressing me the fuck out. So in the long term, it's oh, just, I guess this is it's just delaying. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just delaying things. And then maybe a sense of false love comes from when you're looking things at a smaller picture and you're not looking things long term. Because mm. that would be the same with the like blazing all the time or like being busy all the time. Or treating but, yourself too much. Or, yeah. Treating I think yourself our too much. generation has too much treat yourself moments. Yeah. Where you guys have to discipline down and say no. I agree. Like, yeah, for sure. You hear that, you fat fucks? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, okay. So we talk a lot of shit about self love and stuff. Uh, how do you, how do you love yourself? Well, I was also just thinking, if there was one specific friend that was listening, um, they moved to Vancouver because of a really good job, right? If you were to kind of analyze that, there is signs that I think overall it's probably really good because you took a better job move to vancouver you're growing yourself do i know this person yeah i'm talking about andrew oh (laughs) but like if you if your values were with your family and with your friends and you feel like your lifestyle was just better and you were more grounded and well-rounded when you're in edmonton then maybe staying in vancouver now after you've realized that isn't self-love anymore even though you initially took that jump to do that like there's yeah you kind of have to balance what matters more to you like Obviously, the job and the position and going to Vancouver, being independent, all that stuff has great growth, great potential, great for your career and everything. But if you're talking about your mental health and all that right now, like maybe you might have to explore moving back to be with your family if that's what really made you feel grounded. Or maybe, I don't know, do something that creates a happier medium than what you're doing right now. Mm. Don't listen to her, man. (laughs) Double fucking down. Okay, the reason I say that is... uh... I don't know. I, I just, I really respect that. I respect it too. I respect that someone, like, I respect people that are willing to sacrifice something. Um, I feel like that's super tough. Like, even yeah. I'm, I'm currently in this state where I, like, it sounds like very doom and gloom, but I want something catastrophic to happen to, like, motivate me to, like, push myself to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, like, doing very, like, I'm not operating highly right now, if that makes sense. Damn, are you high risk? Like, if I leave, are you going to be like, I'm going to, you know what? Slamming my head into this wall feels like a great idea. No, 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 no not, not, not like that. But I don't know. Like, I kind of really respect that. But I also feel like, uh, if, if, even if you do value your family a lot, I feel like that's not like solving the problem. Like, you're mm. still saying the problem is something else and not you. Oh, right? like I, if I you're having that. the issue, right? Yeah. And maybe it's too much. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's a maximum thing. Yeah, definitely. So it's a maximum thing where you want to push yourself to the edge, but you don't want to go over the edge. You don't want to go over the cliff, right? So you don't want to go to a state where your mental health deteriorates very terribly, but you do want to get to the edge. And when you get to the edge and you learn, that's where you learn most exponentially. Yes, right? you do want to be a little bit uncomfortable at all times. Yeah, so I feel like, um, times. like in my opinion, if I were to give, may, may, maybe it's bad advice, but I was like, I feel like he needs to like stick in it a bit longer and just like try to find his own way, like try to find his own, own happiness. Like it sounds sad, but like your family's going to leave you one day. Yeah, like that's, that's a fact. Your 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 siblings are gonna grow up. Your parents are gonna pass away. It, it's just life, right? 
And um, the quicker you learn to live your life regardless of other people, then I feel like the better you are at, say, succeeding in life. Like if life is a game, I feel like that, I that is kind of a part of the success to it, right? Okay. So a part of me also thinks like, ah, man, you just got to double down and just like, just fell li- out a bit. Just, just, just figure it out, right? Like I feel like, like it, like dark times, but you know, it, it's kind of soldiers. Yeah, like, like I don't know, like, like if I were to give advice, I think don't leave your job, don't leave Vancouver because those are like huge things that contribute to your growth. Yeah, but if you're if you feel like you're missing something valuable and something that makes you feel like life has a little bit more meaning then set a goal to go find that but in vancouver like go try new things like what you, what you did before yes. try new hobbies try to really put yourself out there and make new friends expose yourself to things that you haven't exposed yourself to before and you might find something that actually gives you a sense of home in your new place yeah like family could be blood but family could be not like it could yeah. be friends it could be adopted right yeah. so it's not it's not exactly yeah like create those experiences that you want to create for yourself type of thing yeah i don't know for me i'm like selfishly thinking i was like fuck i really need like a very uncomfortable situation for myself for me to grow more but that's part of our career yeah career it's, it's mostly career re- related like everything else i'm pretty pretty confident on so um okay cool mm-hmm. so ways to love yourself um I don't know. Like, I, uh, what do you do? I have a lot of things. And I feel like loving yourself is also prioritizing your happiness. So I've talked a lot about happiness before. Right. But I think, like... Go listen to those happiness podcasts, guys. Yes. Go listen to those. There's a lot of nice little tidbits of information there. Or at least, like, vivivice. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that one big way is to treat yourself as if you're somebody you love. Like, Mm. I feel like we are the meanest to ourselves. I hope you are the meanest to yourself and not somebody else. But it's very easy to be mean to yourself. Like, very simple things, actually. Like, saying, like, what the fuck was that? Like, oh, you're so fucking dumb. Like, in your own head. Like, I I used to say that to myself a lot. But nowadays, or I guess not not anymore. I'm a lot better with that now. I, I would catch myself saying those things. And I'm like, there's no reason to be mean to yourself in that way. Like, if you were talking to, if you had a little, if you had a kid that was 10 years old or 5 years old, or if you're even speaking to a partner that you love a lot, you wouldn't speak that way. There's ways to speak to yourself even when you make mistakes so that you can learn better. And if you continuously talk to yourself in a positive manner or in a way that doesn't beat yourself down, then you'll actually feel better. Like I get that there's some people that like to be harsh, harder to themselves and they're like, oh, I just like giving myself tough love. But if you're coming from a place where you're lacking self-love, then I think it's better for you to actually speak to yourself in a way that's like, hey, it's okay if you made that mistake. How are we going to learn from this? How are we going to do better from this? Or, yeah, you fucked up really badly at work. Then you could be like, okay, well, if, okay, well, everyone makes mistakes. You didn't see that happening or you, you yes, you made a mistake. You could have done better this way. But how are you going to improve this way? Instead of being like, oh, my God, you fucked up, you dumb fucking shit, you know? Mm. Yeah, I'm very much of the you fucked up, you dumb fuck yeah, shit. You know? <laughs> uh, but that's because I think I have sufficient amount of self. Like, for example, what I do now is, uh, especially, I think volleyball taught me the most. So I do the I, you fucked up, you dumb piece of shit. Yeah. And then within like two minutes, I'd be like, okay, like this is the situation. It happened already. Yeah. Learn, move on, next next set. Hmm. And then that's just the like the mentality I have. It's like, okay, you fucked up, you suck at this game, you're a terrible person. 
and then a minute later be like okay well it already happened uh learn what you can do better and then move on to the next one like like erase it as in erase the bad feel not really bad feeling but erase the situation and then just move on and learn is mm. kind of what I do for mine. But I do have that tough love mentality. Yeah, that's why that's why I, I could see it in your <laughs> facial expression. I was like, it has to be because you're coming from a place of lack of self-love. Yeah. Which I know you're not. Yeah, no, that's true. I agree. If you lack it, then you kind of have to like feed it. And if you don't lack it, then be a little tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think also one thing is that when you're doing, put little things into your day that give yourself a vacation. So like, if you want a happier life, then you should seek out moments that will make you happier. And that goes with that goes all the way down to like minuscule things. Like, okay, if you really like eating yogurt, then go fucking buy yourself some yogurt and you can have it every day. Mm. And every single time you eat yogurt, you'll be happier because you'll be like, I bought this for myself. And if you're trying to improve on your self-love, then you could do something like, you know what? You enjoy that yogurt, Viv. Damn. <laughs> or like, if I like, for me, when I was practicing putting all these things into practice, if I were to make, I really like cooking, but because, but okay, I really like cooking and making food, but the part that gives me the most enjoyment is when I can do that for other people. Mm, okay. So I thought, why don't I do that for myself? So when I cook for myself, I would make it extra special, like I would make it for someone else. So like when I was sick earlier this month, I made soup for myself and I cut little hearts into all like little carrots that went into my soup oh and it was so cute <laughs> i felt so like loved and i'm like that would that's never something that i would normally do for myself i, and I would do that if i was like making soup for a partner or somebody or like my best friend or somebody like that but i'm like why wouldn't you do that to yourself if you truly love yourself why don't you treat yourself the same way and it felt so cute drinking my own little soup with little carrot hearts uh that's cool no i think uh i think it's different from what i think too though what do you think I think, um, okay, like, I agree. You should find how to, like, love yourself in a day, right? And I feel like the best feeling I have is after I go through a hard workout and I'm done. Oh, yes. So I feel like sometimes doing something very hard or something you don't want to do but you know is beneficial for you. Yes. The feeling afterwards is infinitely better. Um, And, like, I purposely, like, that's why I go to the gym every day. That's why I do, like, physical activity every day. Like, I purposely want to put myself through something difficult. And I find it... Like, now it's getting harder and harder um, to do this mentally for myself. Like, back then at school, it was always, like, you get slapped in the face. every. Like, at least when I was doing engineering, it was like, oh, you just finished this? Oh, okay, that's, like, nothing. Here's the next assignment or something like that, right? So, yeah. like, I felt like I was always mentally challenged. And then after I was done with university, I was more physically t- challenged because I worked out more. But now I feel like I need to find a balance of both. But that's that's how I kind of like love myself is like if I go through something hard at the end, I'll feel like so much better. Uh, and it works. So in a men- mental aspect, it could be going through like a very difficult puzzle or like something like that. That's like really grueling or like mm-hmm. solving a very difficult problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's I don't know. That's my way of doing it. I completely agree. It's kind of like I feel like that would fall along the same, I guess, umbrella of treating yourself like you're someone you love in terms of. If you're going to parent yourself mm. as a parent that loves their kid, they could make little hearts for them because they're like a kid and they would make their food really cute. And they'd be like, oh, enjoy this food. Or I know you really like this snack, so I bought you this snack. But your parent would also, because they care about your well-being, they'd be, they'd 
bring you into like lessons mm, and yes. bring you to go not work out because you're a kid but then like if you were to parent yourself you'd be like oh you need to go to the gym so that you can be fit right and you need to do this and you need to like clean your room because then you'll enjoy it better because you'll feel like it's cleaner that makes sense actually yeah. i think that that's a really cool like separate topic like i think we talk about it a lot but i think like parenting itself i think is a really cool topic like right. i feel like we should bring a parent in and just see what they think oh because i feel like it's so different like both of me and you were not in any stage of having kids yet so yeah. i feel like our mentality is going to be so different and maybe so wrong and so off I agree. but it'd be kind of cool to hear what they would say because yeah it's just different right like they have something very vulnerable to them now that they love mm. so much right mm-hmm. it's almost like i kind of feel it when i first got taro like my dog yeah, like you kind of that. feel that parenting and like the the anxiousness too yeah, and all these things you have to like prepare for them you have to watch out for their well-being take care of them make sure they're happy and yeah stuff. yeah so i don't know i think it'd be cool one day to talk about that too yeah i guess but, that's yeah. another topic for another day yeah um okay so do you want to wrap up some self-love stuff i guess you had some tips i think we went on way too many times <laughs> so we might have to t- talk about this again next time yeah. i know Viv on, Viv's on a schedule today um, anything else specific you want to really shine a light on for this one? Um, I think more so going into because I'm looking at on our board, we have measurable measurable progress on there. I feel like if you truly love yourself, then you could ask yourself what you want out of the life, what you want to happen in the next few months, what you want to happen in the next year, in terms of in like every way. So like your daily life what your daily life looks like or like how you want to feel in your daily life right. or like goals that you want to achieve and do things that work towards those. So like the same, it's under the same idea as being a parent. So you make sure that you're disciplined on the things that you actually want out of your life. Yeah. Hmm. And I feel like if you, so if, I think that's going to relate to our other topic we want to talk about is, is goal setting. I think if you can categorize that and if you can, um, like there's certain things you can always do. So like the simplest one is like physical. You want to get stronger, you work out, right? Yeah. Like that's a very simple way of thinking. But That'll you can do this self confidence too. You can do that for almost anything. Like you can do that for relationships. Hey, I want to you know, like you know have more meaningful conversations. X amount yes. per whatever, right? Or talk about these very specific sensitive topics. That's something very good for real relationships, right? Because I feel like the more you can open up to your significant other or even your friends, that's you know that's building on something right i agree so i, I feel you like you feel certain emotions you want to feel certain secure a certain level of security and then work towards that yeah so like as subjective as it may seem i feel like you can make it objective like you can make a bar you want to hit right i agree so and yeah no, when I... you feel that feeling one day like i don't know if you feel like oh i want to create more meaningful friendships in my life and have a more deeper connection with my friends then you could break that down into more things that you can actually do on a week by week basis like oh i'll i'll spend more time with my friends here i'll do this and this and then like when you look back at all the things that you've done three months five months down the road and when your friendships or whatever goal you set for yourself actually looks that way then you'll also feel proud of yourself and you'll be like hey i can do that thing and that will probably reflect as self-love yeah i think if you're not like if you're a relatively mentally healthy and stable person you just start a podcast and uh talk about your goals <laughs> so then you're accountable to everyone yes um but if you are not mentally healthy do not do this it will bring you depression maybe or maybe not because i was i don't think i was really there uh, at the end of this year, no but, but i'm just saying like <laughs> i think uh 
being accountable is kind of nice. Like yeah. if you told your closest friends that you want to do these things and you value that person's opinion, then you're gonna you're gonna want to kind of do it because you don't want to seem like a liar to them, mm. right? I agree. Uh, so I mean, I think talking about your goals, like I feel like, is a big thing. Like I, I think no one really does it, or like I think people think it's very scared. I think some people just think it's too like self, um, like too egotistic and oh, stuff like I that. See. But I feel like if you talk about it, you're kind of like putting yourself in a hole. Mm. You're like, fuck. Okay, well, time to start digging and figure out a way to get there, right? So I mean, it's it's kind of cool. I, I mean, I've done it on this podcast, and I've I've even said it on the other one. Like, I failed one of my goals miserably, but <laughs> I've done a pretty decent job on all the other goals, right? Mm. And I feel like that's that's just life, right? Like, I also feel like if you're not able to talk about the things you want out of life and your goals around your friends, then maybe you should get better friends. Yeah, like if you want to be a hoe, like maybe you need hoe friends. Like that's fine. <laughs> that's not a problem. Like maybe you want the highest body count in the world. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, like your friends should want to support you in the things that you want to do too. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're embarrassed to say it, then it's either a you problem or your relationship with your friends problem. Like yeah. it's, it's 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 either or. Right? Exactly. But like, if you truly want to do it, like hey, go for it. Like yeah, I'm go a, for it. be the best hoe out there. I'm a very big advocate for hoes out there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I think they should live their life and. Do whatever the fuck they want. I agree. You want to be a hoe, be the best hoe ever. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone has a hoe phase. So, like... I don't think I did. I mean, you're so young. I don't know if you I You can ever... get one. I, I could I could get one. Yeah. So, it's not it's not an issue. But, yeah. None of the cards. Yep. One last thing I wanted to talk about was that there is this um doctor. Her name is Dr. Larissa Santos, and she studied a very famous course at Yale. It's probably the most famous course at Yale. It's called the Science of Well-Being. And she talks about what actually allows humans to be happy. And it's not the things that you would expect it to be, or maybe it is. But it comes down to a few points where humans are generally happy by internal factors and not external factors. And these internal factors are seemingly mostly internal factors come from having a sense of belonging. So like community, um, exercise was one of them. Sleep was another one. Being giving. Being given. Like giving, giving oh, to others. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Selflessness and meditation. Mm. Those are all things that will help you have a deeper sense of well-being and happiness, according to dr larie santos and this i believe it's the most famous course at yale actually it's on Coursera. Coursera. Yeah, yeah it became so famous that like a lot of people talk about it and it's yeah. now online and on Coursera. it's literally called the science of well-being by laurie santos hmm. oh um, gratitude was the last one i think so maybe i'm wrong because i didn't go through this course but i'm also hmm. not going to go through this course <laughs> uh but isn't that a lot like very closely connected to like what you want to see on your deathbed. Like, you know how I keep saying, like, that's how you should live your life? Yes. Like, I feel like that's very well connected to that, right? I like, agree. How you want people to see you when you die is how you should try to live your life. Try to live your life. Yes. Like, it, it's tough, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like how I live my life. You live it backwards. You see how you want to, like, yeah, who you want to be known as as a person. Yeah. So you carry yourself that way. And then this also prevents you from re regretting a lot of things. Yeah, like, yeah. if you... Look at it backwards. Yeah, if you look at it backwards, you're like, hey, you want to be a noble person. Then when you come into a decision where there is a potential for, you know, something like there's an A or a B and the B could be something not noble and something and A is something very noble, then that's how you make your decisions in life. And I, I made a very simple example, but exactly. that's kind of how that was, I think that was from one of the books I read, too. I forget which one, though. 
I think it was no. I, actually, I can't. I can't <laughs> figure it out. It's 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 one of them where yeah. they, they teach the, the book pretty much almost. I think the first thing they teach you in the book is like you know write down what you want your obituary to be and then live like now whenever you come to a decision oh, in your life yeah, you I have to live your life things. towards what you want to become exactly i wholeheartedly believe in living life that way yeah and like you know when people leave your life whether it's relationships friends that come and go or like people passing away and i feel like your biggest the biggest feeling that most people feel is regret in order to not feel regret of anything or even just like i don't know you regret not going to an event or you regret not doing this or being more happier at this or whatever it is think about yourself a year from now or think about yourself 10 minutes from now or think about yourself like i guess 10 minutes an hour is kind of hard to do but think of yourself like like a week from now or like a few days from now if you regret not acting a certain way or savoring a moment a certain way then you're able to do that in the present moment and then that'll eliminate most of the regret that you'll ever have in life i see i see yeah fortunately i don't have that much but Great. <laughs> no problems here. Let's go. Between the two of us. Uh, okay, cool, guys. So we want to talk about self-love. We kind of got into a couple of tangents, but I think we're going to like kind of you know, expand on this a little bit more yeah. in the next couple of podcasts. Um, we'll still have to figure some shit out on this podcast, but I think it's it's good. Uh, we had a good break. I think we had one week off, so that was good for us. Um, and then we'll get back to some cool content. Uh, I think, I don't know. I feel like it's been very natural. Yeah. It's been very natural since the beginning. I think in the beginning I was very like worried about like, you know, is people actually gonna listen to it, but then I kinda stopped thinking about that. But then now I'm kinda back into that state because I was like if I ever want to grow it, I have to think about that. Yeah. Um, but then I keep reminding myself, hey, this is just therapy. Like this is just you know, you just shooting the shit with people mm-hmm. and it makes it easier. So it's fine. I think it's really nice because there's I still have some people messaging me to this day that are like, You have a podcast? Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh shit, yeah. Who'd you hear from? They'll say like some random name. Somebody I stopped somebody. advertising it as much. Yeah, somebody from somewhere. I'm like, oh yeah, you should go listen. And then they'll still be like, oh yeah, hey, I I like this topic. Or I like that one. And I thought that was so refreshing because I'm like, I haven't heard this in so long. Yeah, but it still happens once in a while. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Like the other day, I think uh, one of our, I guess it's like one of our previous guests. I think uh, Eric, he was telling me like, oh yeah, he still listens to him in background and stuff. I was like, yeah. oh, so nice. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't care if you're like intently listening or not, but it's just nice to have kind of thing. Yeah, nice to have people still interested. Yeah. So shout out to you guys who are uh, still following along. I think it's been a long journey, and hopefully, uh, we have some more cool shit to talk about. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think this is good therapy for me and Viv. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, always therapy when I get to pick the topic. I, I mean, for <laughs> me especially, like. For example, like the goals one, I'm actually kind of excited for that because like I want to set these goals and I want to listen to this again like on yes, a different time. Me too. And be like, how how far do I fuck up or how far do I not fuck up, right? Um, I mean, you shoot for the moon, you land amongst the stars, right? Like yeah. You said, but like but you said the opposite way. But you think about yourself five years ago. Would you think where you are, where you're now? I'm like, no man, I thought I'd be a fucking CEO by now. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> completely not. Uh, so it is what it is. But, but I think fun. I exceeded my expectations in some other ways too though yes me too i think i've grown a lot in uh very like in ways i didn't think was important at the time Hmm. but now i know it's very important yeah that you're very grateful for now yeah 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 so that's good uh but yeah we'll talk more about that in some other time so if you guys like this um like comment and subscribe and turn on that notification bell and uh check us out on spotify and other stuff and then um 
I guess Instagram too. We'll have yes. some cool pictures and stuff. Some posts coming up soon. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be cool. Actually, it should already be posted by now. Hmm. Yeah. Check out our last podcast. We t- we we talked about sushi. I think that that'd be a cool one for some people. So yeah. Yeah. And um, if you wanna show yourself you love yourself, go buy yourself your favorite food or snack today. Right, yeah. And if you do also love yourself, you should subscribe to your favorite podcast. Exactly. Or else you don't love yourself. <laughs> you fuck. Yeah. You dumbass. Yeah. Uh, okay, thank you guys. Bye. Thanks, bye.